Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. Before we get into the fun and frivolity of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, I think it is important that we take a minute and just say, especially as three of the white members of uh, this podcast, that we are 150% behind um, our castmates of color, our fans of color, our friends of color, um, our family members of color, and that we see you, we hear you, and we stand with you. For everybody that is out there, please be safe. Please be cautious. There has come to light a lot of reports that there are people that have nothing to do with uh, these protests that are uh, instigating violence, that are instigating um, acts of looting and uh, setting things on fire. So everything is kind of being convoluted in a a wider picture. But in today's day and age where everybody has camera in their pocket, uh, it's quickly being shown that the people who are protesting are not the ones that are the, the people that are leading and being behind the looting and the arsons and all of that. So if you are going to go out there and protest and be a part of uh, the movement, then please just be safe while you're doing that. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Drag is the new What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here with another episode of Flame On. We are back with Drag is the New Spandex, and we are here to dish the dirt, spill the tea, and zoom our way into the finale. I am joined by Eric. Hello. And Brian. Hi. And we are here to uh, reminisce on the season that was 
RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. The season is now officially over, done, finito, but we haven't touched on it since uh, just a couple of episodes in. We chatted about what our thoughts were initially on the season 12 queens and did a quick little uh, recap of the first four challenges. So we're not going to go and uh, like go crazy in depth with everything from five until the end, but we do want to uh, give some praise. There were some uh, there were some fun challenges. Uh, this snatch game, I think, overall was uh, pretty good compared to some past seasons, some more of the more recent seasons. So we want to uh, give some love to the queens that were um, making it and doing it and uh, having a grand old time on this season so now with that said i know that it's a it's a very heavy time for everybody in the world right now but there are things of joy and fun and we want to not only uh focus on wanting to make a change but we want to also be a respite and you you need to recharge your batteries and have a little bit of fun and and have that little bit of a palate cleanser so i think that um the show will be just that for you so y'all watched all of season 12, correct? Oh, yes. Overall, what have your thoughts been on um, on the season, Brian? Uh, it's been a pretty good season. I don't think I've... Uh, well, I have a few specific issues I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, I was pleased with the top three and... Uh, or four? No, three. Three. Well, I was pleased with the top four, honestly. Um, and again, that, that the Sherry Pie shadow uh, of things is probably where most of my issues come in. Um, but o- overall, it's a great season. Um, I would say that the challenges were refreshing. If some of the complaints I've had in the past were, you know, related to it being stale, I think they're slowly, incrementally addressing those things with trying to reinvent, which they've been doing for a while. But this season did feel somehow fresh. The archetypes of the queens were not as consi- like like we didn't have queens that were just not carbon copies, but heavily influenced by uh, previous queens we had some really fresh interesting uh looks like uh aiden zane and uh crystal and even Gigi to some extent although i think pat you said something about her looking like morgan mcmichael at one point she looks like morgan mcmichaels when she's in drag <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that but at the same time the the look stops at the surface and then you get this really interesting geeky fabulously fashion forward like queen anyway so i overall some great queens uh you know almost across the board uh they're all you know really interesting additions to the rupaul drag race family so i i enjoyed the season i think overall eric what were your thoughts on the the season overall the season of my best friend's drag race because <laughs> i mean overall all the queens were pretty friendly to each other um which you know Fuck you. It's nice to have you happy times. Fuck you. Yeah, especially with given what's going on, right? But she said it with love. (laughs) She forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch Untucked? No, I didn't get to. Oh. Uh, The uh it it was overall pretty friendly, minus um a bit of the uh the Brita Aiden Zane Brita just in general. Um and that was a lot of her own. And I'm glad that we'll get to the reunion, but I'm glad that they gave her a chance to um, own up to and really kind of call herself out for 
how she acted during that whole thing uh, because I think Drag Race fans tend to be very quick and very um, stuck when something happens and they forget that this is a highly stressful um, situation that these people are put into and things happen. And if these, if these girls can go through the competition and come out of it being friends, then you shouldn't hate that person for what they have done. Oh yeah. You know, right. Be like, well, this isn't how you should act, but you should not be sitting there going, well, fuck Britta. And, and, you know, she and Aiden have made amends and a year has gone by. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to see all of that, but. Right. All the girls have been um, sticking up for each other on social media. I mean, even trying to reduce any sort of hate or whatnot, uh, which is good. Cause I know in seasons past, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, Valentina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> we all thought it. But no, it, it was just a good season overall. I liked I liked the acting challenge, the gaze anatomy. Uh, Snatch Game was pretty good. Um, the Rusical was a really good Rusical. Um, I thought the, the political challenge was good. Uh, that was actually, because they haven't done that since what, like season two? No, it's season four, season eight, and season twelve. It's every four oh. years. Oh, okay. So they yeah. do it every four. They, okay. They, they, they do it during the presidential cycle. It, it's uh, it feels like forever, but that also could just be because uh the world feels like uh things are moving at a really weird pace right now. So Well, they've changed it. Season four, it's been eight years since they did the debate. Oh, okay. Yeah, season four had um had the last uh drag queen president debate uh challenge. Four years ago, they did, um, and I think Eric had to point this out to me because I'd forgotten, or no, I was maybe I was listening to Race Chaser. Um, they did political ads. That's right. Mm. In season yep. eight, so it's they they try to bring it up every four years, and I think it was, I think this year was especially good for it to be a debate because of everything that's been going on. And mind you, this is all filmed in summer of 2019, so we hadn't even hit a lot of these things that have massively affected us in the last couple of months, but like, this is definitely the year to do something like that. The guest judges this year were fantastic. I'm so thrilled. They got Jeff Goldblum involved because he's like amazing always. And then uh, Leslie Jones was so amazing and being such a super fan and her energy really was a delight to see from the judges who sometimes can be a little sedate. Uh, but uh, man, he, she's just she's just amazing. I really enjoyed her. Rachel Bloom too, and they had Whoopi. Yep. Whoopi seemed to love everybody. Yeah. No more hugs. Oh, I'm telling you, season twelve is where coronavirus started from in the U.S. <laughs> put that money in her mouth during uh, one of the challenges. Whoopi's hugging people. It's all Sherry's fault, I think. Somehow we'll, we'll blame her. <laughs> We can't blame her. That's fine. She's getting blamed for everything else. So, hey. Yeah. And I mean, rightfully so. I'm not saying that like, you know. Well, let's talk about Sherry. We're all, I, I, across the board, it goes without saying, but we'll say it anyway. No one approves of what Sherry did or is a, accused of doing and is admitted to doing, right? I am. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Catfishing <laughs> is a problem and it is, it is not, not at all cool, probably illegal in many places. 
it goes well beyond catfishing. Right. No, I'm getting that. So for those who have not followed the Sherry Pie thing, all they've seen is the blurb. Essentially, she was paying under false pretenses, basically promising this Broadway role, all this stuff, paying for men to take steroids, send them, send her nudes, humiliating videos of them jerking off in weird ways. Like it was abusive and like under false pretenses and potentially harmful to the individual. So if anyone has any questions as to why this all happened, like it's, and she's admitted to it. It's not like it's a under investigation. Uh, there are two sides to every story. No, no, she has come forward. She has done the apology to not a tour, but, and that's, what's interesting here because yeah, nobody's going to book her for a tour. Well, well, right. <laughs> but that's, what's interesting to me. And I'm not saying I'm defending what she's doing again. I'm not, but it is a, a different arc for her right now than for other uh, people who've had issues in the past. And I think it's partly because of the severity of the situation. It's partly because of the Me Too uh, aspect. It's partly because of all of this that she is just roundly being blacklisted. And what is – so that's fine. That's whatever. But what's really weird is the way it affected the season because she was a strong competitor who would have made the top four. No, she did make the top four. I mean, right. So yeah. she did make the top four, right. But, I mean, she would have been in the finale is what I meant. Um, yeah, So absolutely. the way they crafted her storyline was basically with just with a big eraser yeah. <laughs> or editing. And it felt weird. And I personally would have preferred not to elevate her story to this, like, position where she gets all this attention and all that. But at least I would have wanted to see a little bit more of her in – the situation of the of the scene and uh, interacting with the girls because I feel like that's that's still to me the most honest uh, show that you can present. However, we've always said the Drag Race is not an honestly edited show, so I mean the way they did it tracks with the way they do other things. So it's it was weird though. It definitely cast a pall over the season. Well, I think the biggest part of it that is, I'm pretty sure she would have been top two. I'm pretty sure that this was crafted in a way for her to be a really strong competitor for the title. And there was, she was in so much of the show that it's when you've spent the past year or, okay, at that point, they finished filming in August. You have September, October, November, December, January, February. You've got six months that you've been working on editing and putting together a show, crafting these storylines from the footage that you have and then you go into the first two episodes and then you are as you were trying to because this all came out what a, the week before yeah it was really close the to the air yeah the week you before know, the premiere it's not even like you had five of those six months to try to figure out how to edit this the show differently you have a week which is why those first two episodes uh, she premiered on the second one, correct? Yes. Okay. So she, you had two weeks. That first week, you saw how many talking headpieces she had. You saw how many different um, aspects that she was a part of that show. So they really didn't have any, you know, much recourse to um, redo all of these storylines that to make them 100% make sense. I mean, I think even in one episode, they showed the same um, video footage of Jan taking her wig off 
twice within like two minutes of each other because it basically was like and willem and alaska joked about it and they they were like honestly every time that uh sherry is on they should just put that footage of jan taking her wig off as the uh as the replacement footage but i i do agree in the sense that i i wish that none of this had happened i wish she wasn't the sociopathic person that she is that it it altered how this came across because I would have liked to have seen what the story, what the storylines were, because it would have shown a much different season. I like how it played out for the most part, so I I, I can't really be too upset with it. But it really was interesting. Or you would see like a sentence, and then they would cut away. Yeah, any would- of her scenes where she needed to be there for the rest of it to make sense. They kept. And I was actually over time impressed that, and I think it's because they had fewer queens to, to show that they saw, we saw more of her looks. There were episodes where we did not see her runway. We only did one. not. Only yeah, one. The Disney, only the one. The episode. It was the Disney it's Frozen. Disney wanted nothing to do with oh, okay. So that's why. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense then. Um, but there were other episodes where I think we didn't see her like rehearsal with the producer or whatever they were doing. Certainly didn't see talking head moments. Um, there were just moments where it felt very obvious that she was removed. And that to me is distracting. Well, when it's like Sherry pie and well, like the, the bee challenge, the bee dancing challenge where it was like, you know, Heidi and Heidi dance, 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 pun, 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 Sherry, Jada, like you know, it was yeah. like on screen and then off. You know, it, it was definitely very interesting to watch it that way. But yeah, I mean, she—it's—it's it's nobody's fault but her own. I mean, honestly, like I, I get them not wanting to um, glorify or give her any more light than she already has had um, since the announcement of the cast. And I mean, there's people out there. There are people out there that are defending her, and she's still gaining followers on social media. I mean, you know, that's the world we live in. You know, and then my favorite of, of the whole thing with the Sherry edit, and especially it was, I think, especially after the uh, the Frozen uh, runway challenge, where people there was like a small outcry of, "Well, what about the designers? They are getting no screen time." Bitch, when was the last time you cared about the designers that came that made the outfits for the runway? Seriously, nobody in 12 seasons has given a shit about it. They go on Instagram later on and they'll post their, you know, professionally taken pictures. Because we only we see it in a certain light on the runway, but we don't get to right. see the details. We don't, you know, but they, they don't go put credits under each thing. Absolutely. You know, World of Wonders not going you know, Marco Marco made this or Dallas, you know, made this or Which whatever. they really should, I think. That'd be that'd be impressive if they did, but they won't. I, I think if if Drag Race had had kept the premise that it was supposed to have um, when they were originally casting season one where it was going to be much more of a Project Runway style, a queen bringing her best friend or designer and then them having to craft and do more of that, I think it would make more sense. I I think that there should be credit, but I do I I'm not upset about the fact that like these queens go on and, on their social media and shout out all of these people. Like I get it. It's the the designers aren't the ones that are hired or cast for the show. They make some amazing things and I want them to get recognition, but that's not uh World of Wonders 
necessity to have to to have to worry about. Well, they don't always even credit people who work on the show. So I mean, let's be honest, they're not gonna, you know. Put them in the credits. They just don't actively nope. talk about them. Fine print down though. I will say though, uh, I was very happy to hear Rue give uh what was her name? Jacqueline. No, uh who helped her for SNL. Uh Nikki Doll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That credit was very nice and I think somewhat a reaction to uh certain things that have happened in the last year but at the very least it was nice it is um i'm of two minds with the 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 secret drag race crediting scandal if you're credited then that's their that's their responsibility you are obviously being filmed during the show because they have to film they're filming everything if you are not the focus i can understand them not wanting to put especially queens that are in geesh doing this makeup because then it's like okay well then why do these queens all of a sudden come in and do this i get that a lot of times people don't watch the credits of shows and if you're streaming a lot of times um the credits don't play or it'll be like you know next episode like three seconds of the credits and you're done um they have their credits on IMDb. They have all this stuff. The bigger issue is that they're not being credited directly and properly for what they're doing because they're not union to be doing this part of yeah. the work. Or, you know, a lot of the Delta work stuff where she wasn't um, union. union. Yeah. So you couldn't get an Emmy Award nomination for this, you know, for uh, doing the hair and stuff like that. So that's more of my issue with it. Like, you know, Chanel is just very outspoken and she should be. She should be given the credit for she. It should be noted that she is the one doing this. I don't necessarily care whether or not I see her on my television screen. Yeah, for sure. I get that. I mean, it, it, it seems like they were probably originally pitched that they were going to be parts of the episode, be that they showed up in full face and everything, right? Or was it just Chanel? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any of us know because really the only clip that we've seen from behind the scenes was Chanel. Um, I don't think they showed... I mean, Layla worked on all four episodes of uh, Celebrity Drag Race. I don't think I've seen any of clips of her. Um, although it was nice to see her on We're Here as well doing makeup. It, it oh. just seems a little... I was more so surprised that you're billing these mentor queens is coming in and they're the ones who are supposed to transform these celebrities and then what are they really doing they're just the talking heads in my in my opinion when you see these shows and they bring them to a stylist or they bring them to somebody to color and cut and do the hair like that's kind of the same thing in my opinion they um the people that are are billed as the mentors are the ones that are they're talking them through the talk, talking them through a lot of these things. They're they're the ones that are doing the internal like coaching, right. and then they go take them somewhere and they get their hair cut and their makeup done, and then, man, they look beautiful. You well, know what I mean? We're here is honest about it, right? They film it like a documentary, not a reality show, and you see the whole team with the personality that's coaching, and 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 so like. I'm of the mind as a as someone who really loves like uh, verite and film that that's the way to go. And we reality TV, it is absolutely not the way they go. So I think yeah. that's why it always rubs me the wrong way. Even Project Runway, they're always like, okay, take them to the L'Oreal hair studio and, the, 
but they but they show the consultation type thing like okay this is what i want you to do okay this is oh yeah and it's the same thing with um uh like next in fashion and all those those shows because the designers are designers they're not makeup artists they're not all of this um and as much as i love some of these queens they're not makeup artists no well rupaul herself is not anymore well, and that's the thing. And and I mean that in the respect of painting their face is an art and they do that. Most of them will still do their own face and all that work, but it, it's a whole different thing to paint somebody else's face. And we have seen that year after year in the makeover challenge. Queens who are fabulous at doing their own face fuck up somebody else's face immensely. So it's it's I I completely get your points and and Brian I I absolutely agree in the sense of like I do love the fact that we're here um it doesn't always credit the people that are there but you see the team you see other people working with them because they're they're still talking to you know the mentors are still there and they're chatting with them or they're doing whatever it's it, drag race still has is still tries as best it can to have a curtain that they're not letting you peek behind. Yeah, no, for sure. Even though we know that there is so much more going on behind the scenes, but you know, I, I, I want to see everybody get the credit that they deserve. I don't necessarily, that, that doesn't always, in my opinion, unless it is promised to them, it's not always a matter of it needs to be on the television screen. It needs to be a part of the final product. As long as they're being credited, as long as they are, um, as long as they are getting the recognition that they deserve for the show, that's the same thing with uh, like episode one and two of this season. You had Mayhem, you had um, Kamora, that were all they were the you know uh, Kim and Kanye. Um, even when Dahlia Sin would get wheeled in or be uh, you know as the broccoli or um, oh. appearance. She's always in the credits of the show as a special appearance. So she is getting, she's getting those credits. She's got more television credits than some of these other girls that have been on. Can we (laughs) talk about Broccoli? Because I mean, what I find especially ironic about that is when she came on the show, she was a look sexy. I do not, I am, I'm serious. I am not comedic. I am fishy. I am doing my thing. Uh, Fishy to a point, but like, then the fact that she is now going to be known as the broccoli cameo, like she's a fierce Brock ally. I I don't know why that happened. I would love to know why that happened, and I would also love to. I mean, you know, any any attention is good attention, right? So I'm sure that she's probably fine with it, right? And and any residual or not residuals, but any any you know being on the show uh, uh, fee or whatever she was paid. I don't know, but like. That was ironic to me that she was this look queen and went out in such a serious, upset, dismissive way, and then came comes back as broccoli like six I, or seven times. I think that's the reason why. I think it's because she was upset with herself on how she exited the show. Oh, and I think somebody and it may, she lives in LA, so it's not like they had to fly her repeatedly back and forth across the country to do these um, these filmings. Because she filmed live at each of those. It wasn't like um, 
I know that Alaska and Willem at one point were kind of like, well, maybe they just did a whole bunch of like establishing shots and then um, on a green screen or blue screen. Stacey Lane, when she had her cameos all that season long. Exactly. But when you start seeing how like some of these things are done and that her being there in person for uh, for Gay's Anatomy, which which we'll get to in just a minute, um, and some of these other things that were her being there her uh i think she might have been there for the one woman show she might have been in the audience for that one but she was in the back so like these are things you can't green screen away like she's actually there for these these episodes but i think it was because she was upset with herself for for reacting that way and she kind of wanted to like redeem it a little bit which and and i mean it made for kind of a a silly you know a silly little bag yeah Uh, whatever rupaul's show reflects her rupaul's like aesthetic which is zany campy weird pickle surprise right eric (laughs) like (laughs) that is the rupaul i live for and when it's the reality show other i don't i i don't like it as much so that was to me classic like rupaul uh weirdness and i love it also i mean getting the uh, um the appearance fee per episode i'm sure was not um uh, upsetting in the slightest bit for Dahlia, which I wouldn't be mad about it either. So those are some of the broad strokes uh, for the season. Uh, let us dig into uh, Gay's Anatomy, which was the first uh, real acting challenge of the season. They We had Normani as the guest judge for the episode. The mini challenge wasn't really a challenge. Um, they had the pit crew come in and uh, give each of the girls each of the girls how to pick a little like pill container you know like they like the pit crew were nurses coming around and they opened up their little uh little container and they either had like glittery silver pills or uh there were two pink pills the winners of the mini challenge the ones who picked the pink pills were Gigi and nikki and they got to assign the roles everybody seemed to be fine except for widow but yeah god i wanted to root for widow so much but she kept just being the the improv person who just says no and doesn't yes and it and it was always just such a stop and just so not there yeah she sadly got into her head pretty early on and it it made it a bit more difficult to really like enjoy the time that she was there it was kind of a if I'm not getting to do this, this yeah. way, it's it's just that everything's going wrong. And like, how do I deal with this? And it was tough because she is a super sweet person. I got to work with her. She was the last Rue girl I worked with before everything went uh, went all crazy. And uh, she's an absolute sweetheart and an amazing performer. Uh, so it was tough to see that happen on the show. Because seeing her in person and actually interacting with her that wasn't the kind of person that she was in person. That wasn't the performer that she was. So I really hope that people do once, once it's safe to do so. Um, unlike Orlando where restaurants um, are, are just bars that have now decided they want to serve food and um, people are just jam packed in and, and not abiding by any type of uh, social distancing. Um, shame, shame. So I loved Widow when she came out, and this is kind of going back to the beginning. 
I got Darcel vibes like <laughs> nothing else. Oh my and, god. <laughs> and then it went like, but but see, Darcel, I mean I'm saying she wouldn't also implode, who knows? But like it it like ended as soon as she got bitchy that first moment about not getting apart or or whatever the thing early on, and it was just and I was like, oh, now that's no, you're not you're not gonna make it. Like I thought she was gonna go out a lot sooner than she did. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that she went as far as she did. And I think had her mindset been a bit different and she was able to pull out of that dark space, even if she had gone a couple of episodes and had managed to pull herself out of it, I think she would have been a great contender for a top four because who doesn't love seeing somebody kind of start to fray at the edges, but then pull them all back together and, and, and tighten that rope back up and like get it back into the fight. Yeah. But a redemption arc. Absolutely. And she just, she just didn't, but it's funny you say Darcel because uh, after that episode aired um, and we had her the, the next day, um, everybody was was in the dressing room was saying that it was like a young Darcel. <laughs> I mean, I felt that really. I mean, and, and it's cool because like uh, that's Darcel represents a tradition in drag that you don't see as much. You see a lot of uh, queer people of color drag queens, but Darcel represents that old guard, sassy black MC. You know, like, like I love that archetype because of Darcel, you know, and so I like seeing another younger version of that, keeping that tradition going. Uh, so the girls get paired up. Uh, I think overall, Gaze Anatomy was, it was, it was decent. It was a good challenge. Um, I think that the, um, was it Meredith Gay uh, had the two different characters? Uh, it was Jan and... Yeah, because they did a face transplant. Yeah, Jan was uh, Meredith Gay oh. too, uh, but whoever was Meredith Gay the first, uh, the first go around. Yeah, Jackie Cox was the first Meredith Gay. Yeah, so when you when you go from um, Jackie to Jan, it wasn't a lot of change. So, and that was where Widow wanted to be Meredith Gay, and I think that would have overall been a much um, funnier version of it like it would have been really cute to see that transition and i think they would have pulled it off but i mean widow did well as mimi dearest like i think i think she was more upset about something that she shouldn't have been because she was able to pull it out and it's i could see people being upset about roles after it's done right but it's when you go into these things and it's like you don't know how you're gonna do you don't know how this is gonna be and I mean, this was a huge, um, you know, this comes after Rock had just done, like, basically thrown a, a fit, um, you know, a challenge or two ago, or two challenges ago. And yeah, wanted to be the bad apple, and she ended up being the orange, but still was amazing as the orange. So, like, I, I really want to, like, shake them and be like, don't get pissed about it until you fuck up the, the challenge in the role that you're given. Like, just do the best that you, you can with what you have. You don't have to be Black China. It's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nina should have been Black China. If Nina had been Black China, none of this would have happened. Oh. <laughs> not see this? This all goes back to Nina Bonina Brown not being Black China. We wouldn't have had coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, no more riots, no more people getting killed, everything. 
God oh, we're on the darkest timeline because Nino was not Black China. <laughs> That's how the world works. It's the butterfly effect, effect baby. It's just. I mean, we still might slightly be in the darkest timeline because that filmed after the 2016 election. But I mean, I feel like the plague would not be upon us right now if uh, if Nina had just been Black China. <laughs> um, I don't think there was any real like crazy bad performances overall. Um, Nikki was not great as the baby, but I still don't think it was horrible. And that's kind of the tough part about the season has been there weren't a lot of, oh, my God, I know you're going home moments, which is a testament to the girls, because normally the snatch game was pretty. Well, whoa. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we're going to get to that, right? I love the the lip sync. I love the uh, "Heart to Break" uh, by Kim Petras. So I was thrilled when they did that. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nikki, God bless her. I mean, she's good. She's real good. I think she should have gone further. But it was a good lip sync. It was time for Nikki to go home at that point in time. But I, I did think from the get go, I thought she would go further. But I think at that point in time, that challenge definitely signed her um, her ticket. To the house. And of course, um, I mean, we don't want to give her a lot of attention, but Sherry did win this competition. And I mean, rightfully so. It was really a fantastic performance, like head and shoulders above everyone in that cast, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, this was her first time playing an old lady, right? <laughs> I mean, besides her just being an old lady at 27, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah seriously. Yeah. That was Sherry's first win, which um, World of Wonder, this was the first point where we got a uh, a postscript to the show, and they said that they were donating the five thousand uh, a $5,000 donation was being made to the Trevor Project in light of Sherry's actions. So it, it's, they again, they didn't have anything to do with this. Um, I think it's you know, people talk about well, you know, they have to be vetted and have to do all this, blah blah blah, whatever. Those things are not like they're not just something you're gonna come across, you're not gonna find unless people speak up about it. And now that people have, I think that they're taking the proper course with everything, um, to try to offset the damage. Coming out of that episode, we have uh, the Mean Girls esque reunion. With uh, the Snatch Game, our judges were Danny Franzese and Jonathan Bennett. And um, overall, I think it was a pretty good Snatch Game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the top three were, or the, at least the top two were really good. I uh, loved Gigi's Robot. And uh, obviously everybody did, right? Uh, I also loved... Uh, What's her name? Jackie, who I didn't have a clue who yeah, that person was, because I don't I don't watch. Oh, you didn't know Lisa Rinna? No, I don't watch. I, mean, I don't watch Housewives, but I knew who Lisa Rinna was before Housewives. I mean, Lisa Rinna was a huge soap star. Well, from... that's why you know her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch soaps, and I, don't... I know who she is. I, I just she has no relevance in my life. I have no connection. 
to anything she would have been in that matters. Do you know what I mean? So I just didn't know. I didn't know who uh, Aiden was at first, although, you know, she explained it. So then I'm like, oh, okay, that's what you're doing. But that was, you know, again, we all talked about horrible. Maybe would have, maybe she would have been okay if she was able to do Magenta. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, she just dressed as Magenta and still said she was Patricia Quinn. Absolutely. That's the whole thing. And, and, and make, make Rocky Horror puns a plenty. That's the thing, is that you look at it and you go, okay, well, um, Crystal, not Method, Crystal from uh, Drag Race UK was doing Blanche Devereaux, but couldn't do Blanche Devereaux. It kept on saying Blanche yeah. Devereaux while Rue was yeah. talking. <laughs> and we got to keep saying Rue McClanahan, Rue McClanahan. So I, I think that it was a missed opportunity in that respect. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely... It definitely shot herself in the foot when she did Patricia Quinn as current, older Patricia Quinn. Jan's uh, Bernadette Peters, I love the idea of it. I don't think it worked as well. Uh, I, knowing a little bit more, you know, following Bernadette's career and all the crazy shit she's done, like, it was okay. Like, I got it, but it wasn't, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah the, but I thought it was doing Jennifer Holiday. Like she had the mouth movements for Jennifer <laughs> Holiday, but and listen, I don't want to take anything away from Jennifer Holiday. But honestly, I know her from Dreamgirls. I know her from singing, and I am telling you, I know she has more of a career. I don't know more of her career. Most people would that. probably not, right? So, I just know that she got in trouble with the gays when she had originally agreed to uh, sing at Trump's inauguration. Yes, that's right. That's I. That's the most recent thing we know of her, right? Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. On this one, I think Widow made the mistake of trying to do two characters. Just stick with the Tina. The Tina. It's I mean, a good I, idea. I didn't mind it so much. I mean, and I mean, I'm not a big Bernadette Peters fan, but or I don't even want to say fan. I just I don't know as much about Bernadette. Um, and I like Jan's. I thought it was cute. You know what I mean? I think that. The same thing with uh, Widow's Icantina. Like, it was it was fine, you know? And they, I think they rightfully so kind of were more in the middle of the pack because they, they weren't standouts for sure. But you either have to really make an impact or you end up in the middle unless you really bomb, like, the portrayal of who you're doing, a la Aiden Zane, and uh, Crystal Method. Which is unfortunate because I don't know much about Poppy at all, but from everything I've heard about people who know Poppy, Crystal did a very good job impersonating her, but it just did not come across for the challenge. It can't be an accurate like uh, recreation. It has to be exaggerated and it has to be funny. And that's hard. No wonder every year, every season, Snatch Game is disappointing because it's a hard challenge. Even when you know it going into it that you're going to have to do it, it's still really hard. And Rue is setting up so much for them in her questions and everything they're doing. But it is still just such a challenge for them to figure out. Because it's not about the look. Right. I mean, I mean the, the look is definitely secondary to all the improv and the jokes. Yeah, it's an so improv says, challenge. And you gotta make me laugh. Right, and improv is hard 
these queens don't all know how to, especially if they're look queens from Instagram and they've never performed or, or uh, what, what's Aiden call herself a bedroom queen. Like they're not going to do it at all. I mean, that was, the, the, it laid bare the strengths and weaknesses of this cast. Which yeah. Usually, usually snatch game is a, uh, a make or break for the winner. And we saw in season 11 that that's not always the case because the bottom two for last season's uh, Snatch Game were the top two for the whole season. So you really want to um, shine bright. And this time around, I mean, honestly, they brought Vanjie in for the walk around, which I was happy that it was at least meta enough that Vanjie was sitting there going, I'm here to tell you what not to do. Because I'm like, Vanjie's Snatch Game was horrible. Horrible. Yes. Why is she doing this walkthrough? And then she was like, I'm here to tell you what not to do. I'm sorry, my voice isn't deep enough, nor raspy enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, we saw little to nothing from um, Jada during this entire thing. I think there was one question that they showed her answer. Like, it was the oddest edit. Um, because even Sherry, it was like that time around, like the editors thought Jada was Sherry and they were like, okay, we got to erase everything from this one. And they left Sherry in the episode and took Jada out of it. I don't, I wasn't sure what was going on because they didn't want to make Jada look bad. I think, I mean, I, I hate saying it that way, but there were several moments in the series that I felt like they were, and maybe because of what they thought the outcome might be, but like, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible. It's absolutely possible um, because I think, I think, Sherry, Jada, and Gigi, from the outset, were production's top three. I don't necessarily know who would have been that fourth person. Um, maybe still Crystal. Maybe Jackie. I don't. You know. Obviously, there is a reason why Jackie stuck around longer than she did um, because and we'll get to it, but I'm sorry that double save was not warranted in the slightest. The only reason that a, a double save would have been there would have been either to save somebody that they wanted to go further or um, to extend the number of episodes and the number of people in the top, like in that final taped episode. But we'll get to that when we get to that episode. Um, yeah, Gigi winning this challenge, I think, was a no brainer, though. Maria the robot, I don't know who Maria the robot is at all. Like, like I've but, seen pictures and short videos of her, but I, I feel like either we're seeing it more because they are showing it more, or just as the seasons are going along, and they, I, I feel like Rue is actively. Like trying to be like, okay, you should do this. And we're seeing it more. And I feel like Heidi was one of the only ones that kind of took that and ran with it. Um, and I kind of feel like in some in some instances, because we saw it more with Heidi, that it was like Rue would almost feed her a way to continue on in the challenge where she's like, you should do this. Like, And I mean, I don't know. That could be something that she does to everybody. Whether or not you choose to listen plays into the edit of whether or not they want to show, like, it's your time to go. Um, but Heidi did take 
you know, full advantage of listening and, and utilizing those pieces of information. But my favorite thing with this entire episode, and I maybe it's because I haven't been able to sit in a bar and watch it with people. Um, the last, actually pretty much, aside from the finale, I've watched all of these episodes since um, the bar shut down by myself. I I haven't connected with the season the same way. It was a good season overall, but it's not like something that I was like, oh my God. And still at this point, I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I hadn't connected with anybody the same way. But when Gigi was doing, when Rue was doing her walkthrough and said to Gigi that she was concerned about how she was going to make a robot funny. And Gigi turned around and was like, I understand your concerns, but I don't have the same ones. I was like, okay, bitch. That's like, cheers to you. Because then she was able to make it amazing. A lot of times if they were to show something like that, that person falls hard on their face because they, you know, in essence, dared to like speak back to Mama Roo in that way. Right. But Gigi knew what she was doing. Gigi had this ready. So many so- times throughout this season, Gigi blew me away in different ways, like her looks, her her humor, her her the sometimes bizarreness, which is there if you look for it, especially in the finale, you know, a little bit. But like, uh, I really wanted her to win so much. But at the same time, I understand that it's, there's more factors involved and, you know, whatever. But like that moment crystallized this thing where I saw her confidence and how of all of the contestants, other than maybe Jada and maybe Sherry, she was the most prepared for this season and for doing what, what she had to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. But this is where we have... Uh... The culmination of the Britta versus Aiden feud. Something that we never got resolution to in season 11 was Evie versus Silky. Forgot about that. They went up all the way till like the end and there was no payoff to it. This time around, they were like, okay, let's get this over by, by episode five. Like, and mind you, this is only like the third real full cast episode because the first two were were split cast. Um, but Aiden and, and Britta end up in the bottom, and Aiden gets eliminated while they sing Let It Go. Um, these frozen runways, I think, were fantastic. Um uh, was I, amazing. Like, I mean, all the outfits, like, just for an ice theme was amazing. Like, yeah. She mean, the whole Disney into it, I feel. Well... I mean, Disney was probably like, here's some money. And they were like, sure thing, boss. <laughs> but I I mean, like Gigi's ice cream look was fantastic. I loved Widow's, um, the icicles, um, the dripping off of it, like frozen off of her face. Uh, I think... I loved Crystal doing the whole Mr. Freeze. Beautiful. Fantastic. Loved it. And this was still the point, I think, where I wasn't hundred percent soul on crystal the drag queen and um <laughs> it's a lot of making sure that you just which crystal the drag queen <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> the one without the hairy armpits i oh. think i'm not sure <laughs> i haven't seen i haven't seen crystal methods armpits i don't know she's got like a mullet going on down here is what it is <laughs> Cause be in the rhythm of the night. 
I want to know how much it they plays when she lifts her arms. That's where that's where the speakers are. It's like opening a musical card. I love it. Oh my god! I don't put it past her. That bitch would do that shit. That she's crazy like that. I love it. Once once we are safe enough to have like performances in in clubs again. I want Crystal to just do an entire tour where she just does nothing but Rhythm of the Night by Elder Bar. <laughs> with with puppets like uh, the finale. Which like, we're like, like, when, to it. like when P-House has two shows a night and she does it both times. Both times. Both times. And during the meet and greet, we only play Rhythm of the Night. <laughs> on. <laughs> that would be amazing. Is the bar still alive? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I mean, so like, I mean, his career is like from this little, you know, one queen on a reality show is probably doing really well right now. <laughs> uh, he's currently 58 years old. Who, oh, oh wow. birthday's coming up in five days. Well, happy birthday, happy birthday Barge. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, when this comes out, it's so June 4th. What, I think this episode will come out the day after. I think this episode will drop on, on June 5th. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Happy birthday, Elder Barge. Here's the, for the rhythm I, of the. I bet, I bet he has been so confused about why does this song all of a sudden have all these plays Loyalties. on Spotify? And yeah. why am I selling so many copies on iTunes? Delightful <gasps> surprise. It's all thanks to Rue and Crystal. <laughs> What else could be said is thanks to Rue and Crystal. But I love the fact that when you Google Elder Barge, um, that Crystal method like results do pop up. Like she wasn't lying during the reunion. I, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. Like it's just fantastic. I'm surprised they didn't get him to submit a video like testimonial <laughs> for. Oh my dear lord, that would have been amazing missed opportunity there i think it was a missed opportunity uh <laughs> so um we say goodbye to aiden zane and uh i think i think at that point i think she had kind of uh, really just hit like the end of her rope um that untucked episode was was tough there was a lot of um just it was a lot of conflict and, and there was a lot of just tension at that point. And I think, uh, I think she had served her purpose on the show. I think that she had shown what she had. And if she were a more refined and more developed queen, I would say I would want to see more from her. But I think now that she's gotten this exposure I, and once everything is kind of settled down, I hope that she does get to, go out and travel and do tours and do performances and do all these things and really elevate and grow um, because she looked fantastic at the reunion. I wasn't mad about that. You know, I, I, I want to see her do more. I think she has more to give. Um, and I, we can't leave this episode without um, talking about that, that really fucked up edit where they, they zoomed in on her eye and her contact was all fucked up. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> But hilarious. Jan just recently used that screen cap on Twitter for the finale. <laughs> Try to watch all three of these lip syncs at the same time. <laughs> oh, 
God, it's so bad. It's so funny, but so horribly bad. Because like, I get it. I get what she was going for, but contacts are a fickle beast. And when you have something where it's supposed to be a certain shape and it's got to stay the way it is, contacts, especially when you've just put them in and they are fresh and they're um, they're fluid, are going to move. And they caught that bitch right <laughs> at the wrong time. <laughs> World of wonder. <laughs> So um, they lip sync to Let It Go. Uh, this was the episode where Sherry was not part of the runway because apparently, uh, well, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I know that there was much talk about the fact that because it was um, Disney promoted or Disney sponsored that they did not want to. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard that Disney did, want to, did not want to be involved or did not want to have anything associated, but I feel like it also could have been... Um, World of Wonder not wanting to uh, have an issue with it, so they remove her from that runway. So, I mean, it might have been in a contract, or they might have had a, a discussion after everything came about um, with you know the lawyers and all of that for the, the the sponsorship, and came to the agreement to not include her in the runway. But so Gigi did win. Aiden went home. We move on to the Rusical episode where the greatest robbery of all time occurred. Uh, we had guest judges Winnie Harlow and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC if you're nasty, um, were our guest judges for it. There uh, was no mini challenge for this, um, but this basically is uh, Madonna's life story from her early days through... Uh, the bitch I'm Madonna era, oh. so not not her not her Madam X era, but um, I forget what the last album before this was called. The not that, very good era. <laughs> that wasn't Hard Candy, right? No, Hard Candy uh, was earlier than that. I don't remember. Uh, I stopped paying attention to Madonna era. Yeah, yeah. The uh, MDNA. Uh, it, it was MDNA. Was it MDNA? Yeah. There was the only real like contention was over starting the musical and being young uh, early era madonna which uh, jan got shoehorned into what did you guys think of uh the musical i thought it was definitely one of the better musicals overall i thought the subject matter was good i thought all of the individual song parts were good minus heidi's not necessarily the way heidi sang it but just the the, the material i didn't think was as good um, but that could just be personal preference of me liking early Madonna versus late Madonna. I loved uh, Crystal's Madonna from that era, but that is also my favorite Madonna era, and I, I really enjoyed her take on that. Um, but yeah, overall, I think they're all pretty good. Uh, I mean, and hi, Gigi's was amazing. I mean, she obviously, and rightfully so, got, I think. Did, did she win that one, or did she just get... Um, that, that was uh, yes. the robbery. Not rightfully so. Not rightfully Jan. so. That was all Jan's. Jan was amazing. Um, I do. I will say this about the musical. I like that they went back to kind of the season six mentality of it, where the girls are singing um, their parts because in season six, so our first taste of a of a quote unquote musical was in season five, and that's why that was the. Um, 
why it got to be Black Swan, where it was the story of RuPaul, and it was done as a ballet. And then we went to season six, um, and the girls all sang live while they were doing it, which, I mean, when you've got Bianca Del Rio and, and her fantastic voice in the mix, why don't you sing live? But since then, it's kind of gone towards... Did you uh, mean Bianca and not Courtney and Adore? Or were you just joking by saying Bianca? I, well, I mean, who really wants to see Bianca sing live? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Beauty fades, dumb as forever. Um, but then it went to just being um, their like house uh, singer. I forget the girl's name. But she's been the one that's kind of done all the parts from now on, and they just lip sync and do like they they act out these parts, um, including all stars and all of that. Like that's just been how it's gone. They've, I like the fact that they went back to okay, we're gonna have the girls sing these parts because it adds another level to the challenge. But they went to okay, we're gonna record these, we'll do studio production, and then you'll lip sync them the day of. So. It's. I mean, overall, I like the fact that they did that. Um, vocally, I think Jan was the best. Um, I, I appreciate Gigi's ability to dance and do all these moves, and I don't think she was bad. But then you fast forward to the runway, and they did Madonna's you know biggest fan, Michelle Visage, and did Night of a Thousand Michelles. I lived, lived for Jan's look. Because as soon as she came out, I knew what it was from. I knew the episode it was from. I knew exactly where that look came from. And it was amazing. Gigi's look was great. It was accurate. It was not well known. And I went back and I watched that music video too. I did go back and watch that music video after that episode aired. But I still, in my heart of hearts, and even Ross Matthews' dog agrees... Jan was robbed. And I love the memes that came out of it where it was like, um, Rue, Jan, you found a cure for the coronavirus. You're safe. And <laughs> I really thought Jan should have won that episode. And it was all geared towards Jan winning that episode. And then she did not win that episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't understand that either. But if, if they're reinforcing that Gigi is in the, the top, then maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So so when they were passing out the parts, there was also a, on this one, there was a little uh, back and forth between Britta and Gigi about who wanted to do Code Bra Madonna. And it ended up being oh, that's Britta. right. Do you think Gigi would have performed that part as well as she did the one she got? I think so. And I think just because I, I, I think Gigi is professional enough that no matter what she would have been given, she would have been fine. I think she was more concerned about her voice um, because I think this was the first time that they had recorded vocals. And that's when they showed like her, her hand shaking on her, uh, on her headphones. And I think that's more what it came down to. I think she would have been fine either which way. So our bottom two end up being Britta and Heidi and Closet, and they turned it. Honestly, I I enjoyed Heidi's performance, and she had that big ball on her head for Michelle's hair, and then she like she would do the split, and then she like bounce. Yeah, <laughs> and they they did burning up Madonna, 
Um, which, and as we go through all of these lip syncs, if you have not watched already, go on YouTube and look up Jan's jukebox. She started it right before the season with Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now, which I still think is amazing. Um, but after each of these episodes, she was putting out a music video where she sings the song that was the uh, the lip sync song. And they are fantastic. Up until quarantine hit, there was tons of production and and a lot of it was based off of what the music videos were. So go and check those out if you have not done so already. Uh, but we say goodbye to Britta. She served her purpose to feud with Aiden and then the <laughs> So you forgot to say her full name, Britta of New York. <laughs> Britta, can you say can you can you talk about yourself without saying the words new or York or city? That was good. I love I love that they did that and it was Britta as a boy who did that. Like that's really nice that that the you know it kind of redeemed her being uh ridiculous in her season. Well, yes, yes. And and she she definitely is a very talented queen. She's very well respected in New York. And she thought she was gonna come in and do so much better. And when she didn't, because it's not what your normal like just being a drag queen is. Like this is this throws you into such a high pressure situation. And a, some of these challenges have nothing to do with what you do on a day-to-day basis. Um so she cracked under the pressure and so yeah it, it was definitely good to see her get to be able to uh redeem herself and uh i i love the fact that she was like you know i'm from the big apple and i'm always in an empire state of mind and <laughs> all those all those puns for new york or, or uh, other variations to to talk about new york city so that was super cute uh we go from there into the droop episode we have a uh, shaka khan um shaka khan who i don't think paid any attention during the entire episode uh was your your judge their mini challenge they had to create a fab fit fun box and then do a little kiki in pairs and uh the team's was the reading challenge right i guess and it's so weird because i did not even realize that they didn't do a reading challenge until after the reunion and i was like oh (laughs) They didn't do a reading challenge. They brought back puppets, but they took out the library. And that was sad. But that's how they got all of this money to give people after every challenge. So they had to shut the library down. They had to redistribute (laughs) funds. So Jackie Cox and Gigi Good win their uh, the mini challenge. It was okay. I think Jackie and uh, Gigi, like that pair. I think was the only one that was like really memorable out of all of them. The other yeah. girls were just kind of sad. Um, so they have to create and market a product for a new drag queen lifestyle brand droop. And they shoot their, uh, their little pseudo commercials, infomercials. And uh, I think over. Harper. Oh, that's right. He's a personal trainer. That's right. Um, reality personal te- trainer? He's an American personal trainer, reality television personality, and author. Ugh. Oh, he's the new host of The Biggest Loser. Really? But he's not, not charismatic at all. Nope, not at all. Not I the mean, slightest. All right. 
Um, but yeah, so um, he was there. He did the uh, the walkthrough with Rue and then directed their infomercials. And um, yeah, what did y'all think of uh, the girls in their products? I don't, I okay, I like most of them. They're not all amazing, but I don't think that Jan's was the worst. <laughs> like, it was not great, but I, this is again where they edited it in a way that made it seem like it wasn't, I think, as well received. But I don't think it was bad. It was, I, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys think it was the worst one? No, I think because the producers had picked Sherry Pie to go to the end, I think that's why she wasn't in the bottom. I mean, Jan's was pretty bad. Widow's was the worst for me, but Sherry's was also not good. No. Yeah. I think, I honestly, I wouldn't have minded if it was Sherry versus um, Widow as the bottom. I think Jan should have been in the bottom three only because it just, it, it didn't have any levels. It was at an 11 the entire time. Yeah. And it just went, 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 went. Um, and there were a lot of ideas that just didn't go like Anywhere. But if you watch infomercials, a lot of times they are like balls to the wall. Like they are going to grab your attention. Like uh, I was thinking of the, what's the slap chop or what's the, you know, like that era, like that's what they are. They're just like, ah, you know, buy my product. So, I mean, I don't know, I, but I get I'm it. Like it. Compare her idea of what she had to, uh, Alyssa's when she did her infomercial product on All Stars Two. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember what it was. The the Alyssa's um, not Go Go Juice. Secret was it her secret? No, that no. was on season five. Um, no, but it was that, that was her perfume. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like Alyssa's. I mean, it was some energy drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, her Go Go Juice, maybe yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that was her problem as well because she was on all the time and there weren't any peaks and valleys uh, when it should have been something more well I guess Katya's doesn't really fit because it was kind of the opposite a downer versus an upper but so I think that had Jan had a little bit more inflection it wouldn't have been as bad um, but at the same point I think they were also it, it was her time to go and they at that point were like okay well She's going to be in the bottom. The, the right product won. Yes. Heidi ended up winning. Yeah. You, uh, you, liked, that, you liked that more than uh, Jackie's Merkins? For uh, you. <laughs> I think Heidi's um, was oddly more endearing. And I thought it, it was... I think she connected with the product and the whole thing in a different way. I think Jackie would have been my second choice um, because it was cute and clever, but I think you're right. I think that Heidi hydrates um, was the, the, the proper winner for this episode. Don't forget the magic mullet though. Science. (laughs) (laughs) That was adorable. And I think that was the first point where I really was like, okay, I'm enjoying crystal. The dragon. (laughs) And because it was so wonky and so ridiculous that I was like, okay, like I can, I appreciate this. Um, Overall, 
I will say though that I adored this runway. I don't think this runway hurt oh, yeah. a single person that that stepped foot on it. I think the only thing they could have judged them on and had any negative critiques about would have been from the infomercials themselves. And a lot of times the runway could either um, save or or hurt. And I think in this case, every single queen that walked out on that runway looked amazing. Yeah, it was a really strong runway. I, I loved... Um, and, and I mean, this one maybe would have maybe helped Widow a little bit, but I like I loved Widow's with like the almost like the cracking. It's not even tears, but like the 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 weird because she had the the full black eyes, like the blacked out eyes, and it almost looked like a, a demonic possession. So it had like the yeah. little like quiggles out, like. But then Jan looked fucking gorgeous. I was still so mad, and I'm like, if you're gonna walk out in an outfit, at least you walk out looking that fucking gorgeous. Because in the bottom two, you end up with Jan and Widow. Um, and they lip sync to Shaka Khan's This Is My Night, which did either of you know that song beforehand? Nope. nope. Okay, just checking. I don't know this. Nope. All right. Um, I did watch uh, Jan did this. It was a whole elaborate video for, uh, for this one for Jan's jukebox. Um, but this is also where Shaka, after watching jackie's entire infomercial for um the magic merkin still asked what a merkin was and i was like shaka are you even there and paying attention are you there and just getting a paycheck there and getting a paycheck got it cool it didn't i mean i think just about all the guest judges went back to untucked right um most of them i i don't know if all of them did they did not show it i think in the next the next episode they do not show the judges going back. But isn't this where Shaka went back and did like a whole heart to heart with Widow? Correct. Yes. And I think that's also part of the reason why Shaka, uh, not Shaka, why uh, Widow ended up staying. Like, I feel like it was part of that storyline and it just worked better that way. Um, and that's why Jan went home. But after coming off of the Madonna Rusical and not getting that win, to then get crushed in this episode, it was so disheartening, and I felt so bad for Jan. But we do oh, say goodbye she... to Jan. She was not feeling her jantasy at that point. And my second favorite drag name of the season goes home. Come on, Jan Sport. <laughs> she is fantastic, though. I'm really sad that she left, and especially after her her near robbed win the episode before. Uh, to go out like that and so so unceremoniously but she's gonna do great she's she's doing great oh absolutely absolutely um so then it brings us to choices 2020 we were chatting about this a little bit earlier um in this episode uh we've got jo- uh, jeff goldblum and rachel bloom i love that they kept the blooms together uh spelled differently but hey does that matter um uh, and we have Raven doing the walkthrough. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about the mini challenge. <laughs> Let's talk about the mini challenge. So we get rid of the, the library, but we have the Miss Kitty Curl 2020 audition where they dress up as cats and play in a litter box sponsored by, um, oh, some cat litter that when the cat yeah. tells you if they're sick. Uh, which is fantastic. I've seen ads for that. When we had Odin, I, I there there were points where I thought about it. 
Um, but really, <laughs> like this was this is the like this is it. It's so weird because they filmed this before Cats was released in theaters. <laughs> but everybody once now there's watching the episode is thinking of Cats. Right. I think uh, I think overall Jackie Cox ends up winning it and I thought she was phenomenal. She played it kind of as Eartha Kitt um which takes me back to Chi-Chi Devane being Eartha Kitt in uh season 6. Yeah. Where she played Eartha Kitt as a cat. And it was very much a and like you know all of these Eartha Kitt isms but as a cat and I thought I thought that was fantastic. Um, who was it? It wasn't Jackie, but who was it that just kind of walked in and just kind of tipped over the vase? <laughs> I think that was Crystal. <laughs> I think Crystal did that. And then, yeah, she just was kind of like the mad cat. And then she just she swatted at the, the vase and knocked it off. <laughs> Is that where the whole kitty dance thing later came from? Uh, the uh, uh, dump, dump it? Well, oh, I, think dump, I think the I think there was a different one because the dump I think was was one, but I think there was a kitty, like a the like the cat box or something like that. Yeah, she was shaking the litter off her leg. Yeah. It was that whole thing. I I didn't even think about that as a connection to the cat thing, but uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was it was probably one of the most ridiculous uh, mini challenges, but I I I honestly thought that like it gave us some amazing moments out of it um Gigi is just the fashion cat like she looked good didn't sell the funny um Jada as kind of like an SNM cat again like I just I don't I don't know like some of the girls just I I Willem and Alaska and Ray Chaser made a comment about they think that this might have been um that the girls might have thought this would have been a runway challenge and that's why some of them were um, a bit better put together. Some of the costumes were the way that they were because they, when they get the list of like things that they need to bring with them, um, it doesn't tell you what it's for. So they may have thought that this was for a runway challenge. So they went all out and I mean, they all pretty much looked really good as far as like being put together for quick drag. But I, I still don't quite understand why this, why we didn't get a reading challenge, but we got this instead. Oh, that's right. They got money from the cat litter, which is how <laughs> exactly. they paid all these girls. Got it. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, but this time around, so Jackie, she doesn't get cash. This is one of the few times that they actually did uh, a gift card. So I think the, the Fun Fit Fab was also a gift card uh, for them to. Um, do products and they do a, a do a subscription but they jackie gets a $2,500 gift card to fierce drag jewels which i mean they they produce some nice stuff and as a drag queen you need that so good on her for getting it uh so this time around the queens are competing in a uh, a, a debate to be the first drag queen president apparently none of the five from season four were elected None of the ones from season eight were elected. <laughs> so they're still trying to find the first dry queen president. And um, what were your, what were y'all's thoughts on, uh, on how this debate came together? Cause Look I over thought. there. Look over there. Like, 
it was funny, but like that's the takeaway. Like that's the moment that I think stuck the most. You know, the rest was uh, it was okay. And and Jeff Goldblum being um, both lovely and fascinatingly weird, and also I guess in the later thing a little not problematic. I, I don't agree with that assessment, but he certainly asked a question that was like, huh? Uh, but uh, yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's just uh, Jackie clearly like you know, dominated, but uh, I, I think the takeaway is Jada's uh, look over there. I was kind of disappointed with the way a couple of the girls came off because I think Widow did a good portrayal of the Hillary type candidate. Yeah. And it, it her her performance made me think of Sharon from season four. Like even the entire look made me think Sharon Needles from season four. And I thought I liked the idea of Jackie's and that she was like this uh, Canadian who was kind of infiltrating the American presidential uh, race. Um, And I thought they got on her a little much for having kind of a going back to that. Well, the the thing that upset me about that was that isn't that kind of what most comedians do? You have a through line and there's an underlying joke behind it all. Like, it, it made me feel like they were almost stifling her intentionally. Like, can you not mention Canada this time around? Like it, it's tough to, to feel like it was fairly portrayed when the, when the moderators are like, stop doing this. Like, let it be, let it just kind of be what it is. And that's callbacks or, or, you know, like those types of underlying through lines are, are a basis in comedy. And I didn't think it was too much from what they showed us. Right. It might have been a situation where that challenge actually went on for like an hour. And mm-hmm. they asked like 20 or 30 more questions than we got to see. And if Jackie had a Canadianism for every single one of those questions, I could maybe understand where that got tiring. Um, but again, as far as what was edited for us to see, I did not think it was too much. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Overall, it was tough because I've, and it's looking back on it now, I didn't think there was anything that was super bad about it. I enjoyed Crystal's um, wanting to like cover the White House in glitter and doing the mullet thing. It felt very reminiscent of Chad doing, um, uh, or when she was Chad, Lady Pimp Michaels and having the, the Afro puffs and the wanted to uh, fit the White House with an up do and so like that was that was what it was but my biggest issue looking back on it especially now that we've just had the finale is that people have pointed out that like jada won this challenge so she is more politically minded she's more politically adept and aware and i don't see that and especially during this episode and i remember watching this episode and she and crystal were sitting there going like I don't really know anything. Like, I guess we'll use political words like caucus, you know what I mean? Like to make it funny. So these challenges don't always, don't usually take the tone and the aspect of like, okay, well, we're, we're really going to talk about these issues. I know the first time around that they wanted that to be the case. Cause they had Dan Savage come around and it was like, okay, like we want you to talk about real issues in a comedy show. Like, I mean, in all intents and purposes, drag race, thrives on the funny 
Like, you know, whenever there's any type of challenge and people are like, well, should I make this serious or funny? It never works when it's serious. Like, for fuck's sake, honestly. And that's where Dita lost the whole thing on uh, season four is that it just kind of went out the window for her in that respect because they were trying to almost push it to be that that serious thing. And then this time around, you know, like, Widow was trying to make it that serious thing and then they wanted, like, the outrageous and funny. And Jada had no real points. I, I laughed my ass off at the... Um, she wanted to retattle the retittle of the rebuttal. That was like, good. That was fucking hysterical. That was really I, good. I loved that. Absolutely. But there was no other substance to it. The look over there was funny. But again, it was one of those things that it was like, okay, well, you went to that well multiple times. So again, unless there was 500 other Canadian things that really made it unbearable, it just felt awkward in that respect. But I mean, it's a drag show doing a debate challenge. You know, like, how are you supposed to do it? Although when I, they when they started making fun of Widow doing the, when she said that uh, Pussy That Walk, you know, would be like the crosswalk theme. And they were like, well, can you show us? And she, I was like, oh, girl, you did not see that walk at all. <laughs> like, that was your chance to shine. The, um, the thing you said earlier, it, it made me think about the way the show does serious is they do poignant. And that's when they get serious, when it's like a poignant moment or an emotional moment, but they don't do serious issues, like you said. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's not achievable. I think there is a way to do serious issues with a comedic twist. I mean, comedies and satires do that all the time, but it's clear that this show can't do that based on the past. It seems like there's two places or maybe three places that you could have serious moments during the walkthrough through at the makeup mirror. Yep. And on the, the runway when Rue yep. is doing the uh, the critiques. Outside of that, you got to be funny. It, it very much is that. Like the, the more poignant moments, the more um, thought-provoking moments are the makeup uh, the makeup mirror or the when they're getting ready for, for their stuff. And I mean, they had a lot of those and there was a lot based off of um, race and the politics and uh, Crystal's Mexican uh, parents voting for Trump and still standing behind that vote. And like th- that definitely, those are the points where it's supposed to drive home those messages. But when they're doing a challenge, yeah, it's very difficult to really um, have any type of seriousness to it. It should, it's supposed to be light and airy and fun, which I mean, you can't have a 90 minute show where it's serious, 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 serious runway. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get that. That's not what this show is built upon. But when you have challenges like this, I feel like there should be some way to be able to balance it better, maybe. I don't know. That, that is just my my take on doing a challenge like this. I think um, a lot of times it's more so because everything they do is kind of one-liners. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have kind of, you don't have time to kind of have an arc of serious Absolutely. and funny in that versus when we go down a couple episodes and we get to the one woman show Jackie was in that was able to give a little more serious and heart in that but still make it funny because you had the time to have more layers Absolutely and a lot of these queens when they do these shows are able to layer comedy with poignancy with um, incredible messages I mean we've seen amazing shows at parliament or in Provincetown 
where these things are all layered in just like that, where you have the room to breathe and they were given a little bit more time and whether or not they chose to go um, poignant and meaningful like Jackie or absurd and fun like um, Crystal, it, it definitely gave them that that challenge didn't have the same confines, I think, as this did. And where all of them have to kind of play by that same rule or be complete or completely break out of it and be their own thing, like Crystal with the, the mullet and the glitter and all that stuff. So the runway is Stars and Stripes Forever. Um, were there any that completely stood out to you that you can think of? I mean, I really enjoyed Jackie's. Because I loved Widows during this runway, oh, the black and white stripe with the stars. Because she really stood out because she was the only one who didn't do the red, white, and blue. Yeah, because it just says stars and stripes forever. You know, most people take that to mean the American flag, but uh, to be able to, and especially at a time right now, like to really bring up, like to build up the the history of black culture and, and to have um, the black and white and have the stars, have the Afro with the glitter, have the lips, uh, the black lipstick with the glitter, like, from head to toe, she looked stunning. I was a little thrown off by Gigi's just because it was more like red coat. Like, yeah. I feel like it was a little before the revolution. It was, it was still a fantastic look. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It was a historical like pastiche thing and i think i mean they plan these looks how how far out like you know when they're they it, years or at least year or whatever before we see it and uh yeah it's uh it's unfortunate maybe in current events to uh use that look but it was it was well executed to say the least yeah no they, they all the looks were well executed Gigi's was the only one that i was kind of a little like mm. yeah I think maybe. Jackie's to me was certainly the moment, the the one that meant the most to me, you know. I wasn't overly, it wasn't bad, but I didn't feel as enamored by Jada's as kind of everyone else did. Because to me, uh, that was the costumey outfit. I don't know if it's just because to me the shoulders were too big. If they were toned down a little bit, would have been better. Or if it was just the red, white, blue, and the hair, I thought was unneeded. Kind of take one accessory off before you leave the house. <laughs> she couldn't. The thing was basically like 
wrapped to her body. I think she's even said that like as soon as she like tried taking as soon as she went to go take it off, it just it fell apart. Like it was constru- I think she constructed it for that and might have been that day or like or within like she 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 crafted it. It it was well done. I just I wasn't as over the moon. I, I don't know the challenge was very interesting and it was kind of weird that I don't know if I felt that Jada should have won. I don't know who I would have said would have been my favorite out of the whole thing. I just don't, I don't know this one. This was a a weird challenge for me. Like it didn't seem like it, everybody seemed to be going in their own direction and it kind of didn't seem to fall in line. But speaking of Jackie's outfit, we might as well touch on uh, the Jeff Goldblum controversy, quote unquote controversy. Um, where he asked about her um, her hijab and asked about um, the history or the fact that Islam has been connected to the uh, distreatment of women and of gay culture. And it's a fair question. Like, I know that he got some heat for it, but it's an absolutely fair question. And what's unfortunate is in many cultures, the culture has been conflated with Islam. And some of the Islam elements are not the problem as much as the cultural elements. And in this case, it sort of all was conflated into this one thing. And, you know, it sucks because, uh, you know, there is lots of reason to associate that the cultures of uh, the Middle East specifically with mistreatment of women and mistreatment of gays and lesbians, it's, it's still happening now. I mean, there are countries that throw gays to their death, like r- routinely. So it's like the whole thing was unfortunate, but clearly uh, I think the, the spirit of it was to start a conversation and, and elicit some kind of just, you know, interesting dis- response discussion, maybe not. And again, in RuPaul's drag race, maybe this isn't the best place to do it, but there you go. It's another one of those things where it's hard because it needed to be such more of a conversation back and forth talking about everything. But in the end of the show, you just get that one snippet. And so you don't see all the context around it to really appreciate what's going on. And so that's why it looks more like he was kind of being a little flippant or stirring the pot or whatever, but... It's obviously not his intent in any way. Yeah, I would rather him ask an interesting question as a judge than um, uh, Shaka Khan. Like, just being drunk or whatever she... Like, whatever situation was going on with her and just kind of... Like, you know, I, I want judges to actually not stir the pot, but it is kind of stirring the pot. It's making interesting TV, you know? And and again, I think the nuance that would have been uncovered in a conversation just it, it wouldn't happen in this show. Well, and the thing is that I get that. I get that a lot of pushback has been well, in the U.S. There's still mistreatment of women and people of color in gays, and and that is the case. It's not illegal here. Um, there are not necessarily repressive laws uh, anymore. So in that respect, it's it's changed. But at the same time, if somebody has a question about something, you should be able to ask honestly and have and be able to be educated. And get more information. And there was probably a much longer discussion. Um, release the release the RuPaul cut. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they stand on those runways and do these um, 
they do the runway twice and then they stand for critiques for a few hours so it wasn't just what we saw where it was like here's this question here's this quick answer from jackie here's rupaul saying well this should be the stage where those questions get asked and then they move on you know it's there there was a lot more to it and yes there should be more questions asked there should be the ability to ask and get educated and if that was something that you know that obviously has been islamophobia has been rampant since well before um 9-11 it just got heightened with the attack on um with the attacks on 9-11 but if you're not able to if you're not sure if you don't know these things you should be able to ask and at that point in time that was a perfect time to ask because she's put she's wearing this um this outfit as a way to spark a conversation spark a discussion and that's what happened you know so i i don't agree with people jumping down anyone's throat um unless you're like well you know she shouldn't be wearing this fuck her then okay jump down their throat because they're you know ignorant and, and garbage but if you're asking a question like that that means that you are unaware or maybe you have a preconceived notion that you want to change so, so yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that being a, a controversy. I, I think it's something that needs to happen and that more people should be out there asking questions. Well, like I learned so much going to the Middle East, like going to, I went to Bahrain and seeing people in hijabs and in traditional dress and talking, I went to a, a, a mosque and I talked to a, a, a young lady who studied Islam and and I believe she had a hijab. She didn't have the full face covering, but but she's the one who taught me and, and educated me about the differences between Islam and and culture and how they too they always get conflated in the West. And so these misunderstandings are out there and they need to be discussed. And the way to discuss them is somebody asked the question, like you said. So I mean, I'm glad that this didn't go any further, but there was a real hot second where some think piece hot takes came out. And we're really pushing the Jeff Goldblum is a racist, whatever, for saying this. And this is like part of my issue of cancel culture is it only takes a few writers coming up with these ideas before suddenly these people are like, you know, blacklisted. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. This is this is not your ire is is valid to some, but like, let's not just shoot everybody for the same kinds of things. And so I'm glad I think overall it kind of died down. Absolutely. And it didn't seem like it lasted for very long, um, which was good because I think overall, more people tend to kind of have that feeling of, okay, well, let's take a look at the whole thing, not just react to this one quick thing. You know, had he had he phrased it not as a question, but more as like, more as that because of this, this, this exactly then that's a whole different thing and honestly i don't think that would have made the air like i think the reason that that made the final edit was because it played into the narrative of wanting to open discussion about it so i'm I'm glad that it did because the more that people know and learn about these things the better people can be um so we do end up with uh jada winning the challenge jackie and uh widow vondu in the bottom two they did firework by Katy perry uh, this was, I think, the first time that I really this this was the first time Jackie did a lip sync, correct? Yes. And she was she was funny. Thought it was super cute. I, yeah. I like the fact that she prop brought a queen. plastic bag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we stand a prop queen. She brought a plastic bag out. She did like I I 
and I enjoyed Widow's performance. I will say that. I really did enjoy Widow's performance. I knew it was her time to go. I knew that she wasn't going to make it through. Um, I did enjoy it maybe a little bit more just because Jackie went from being the prop funny queen to more um, heartfelt during the performance. And I feel like if you're going to be funny and be a prop queen, you can still be like poignant, but still like, but pick one. It's tough to go from like comedy queen to pageant queen in the middle of a performance. But overall, I think it was still, it was a great lip sync on both parts and Jackie made it through. Next, as we get closer and closer to the uh, to the end of the season, we have the super fan makeover. This time around, they did not uh, they did not bring in dads. I'd like to frock. They did not bring in gay vets. Um, they did not bring in people who will eventually take the last name of the person that they uh, were made over by and then make a drag career out of it while being in a throuple with Derek Barry. Um, <laughs> that seems very specific. I mean. <laughs> could be anybody i don't know what you're talking about uh but they uh i thought this was really cute they brought five uh was five right six six they brought six uh super fans into the studio thinking that they were going to be in the, the live studio audience of one of the challenges and treated them to a makeover um with the the six remaining contestants there was no mini challenge for this what did y'all think of the uh, the the makeover episode? It was so delightful to see people who. Uh, so actually, I should say this: it was so delightful and self serving to see RuPaul super fans be you know, and they're the ones who are going to appreciate the most and really like is like a mini drag you right, like having these women get these uh, makeovers and and put out there, but like a little self serving because it is RuPaul Drag Race super fans and they are all about RuPaul's Drag Race, and so it was like a snake eating its tail uh you know effect to somewhat to some extent but they were all great uh i mean they weren't all great but uh i think they were really the the, the interactions with everyone from their their mentor queen was really touching uh, I, so I, I did appreciate that i think all the girls were great maybe not all their looks were well that's great. true good point selves <laughs> were were fantastic and the only thing i will challenge you on is um when a show is successful enough, and especially a competition show like this, there will be times, and other shows have done it very well, uh, where they've brought super fans in to be a part of it. Top Chef has done it a couple of times where super fans of the show have been diners, either during restaurant wars or they've turned the uh, Top Chef kitchen into um, into almost like a little eatery where they have like the stand-up tables, and they've brought them in because they're able to be a part of this experience that they are are, are the reason for it being such a big thing. Um, so yeah, it can be a little self-serving, but I don't think it was done in such a way. I think the makeover, the makeover challenge from season six, the one couple that was like, that was super fans um, might've been Darian's couple who like their entire vows were like lines from, uh, from the previous five seasons. And like, um, when I've had it officially and all these things, I feel like that's a little bit more uh, so, yeah. eating its own tail where these, these Queens were just so enamored to be a part of the process. Um, I didn't find it to be too, like too self-serving. I think that the, it really was nice to see a show give back to the people that are making it such a big, a big thing within all communities, not just 
um, the LGBT community, but also part of the straight community and, and showcasing somebody like Janet the Planet. You know, it, she maybe didn't get the amount of screen time that she would have otherwise, but somebody like that who has a, a more, we'll say, masculine energy, who has been bullied and had gone through all of these things to then change her name legally to Janet the Planet, you know, and, and really kind of find this culture and and find a way to elevate herself and to embrace it and be a part of it. Like, I thought that was really cute. Eric, what did you think? I thought it was really good. I thought I loved the enthusiasm of all the girls because there are some seasons where even though all the people have to volunteer to go in and do this, there are some that are reluctant to do the full makeover. And and apart from, I think it was Jada's girl uh, being a little reluctant to do the heels, and Heidi having to really talk a girl and not wearing pants. Uh, they were all down to do whatever. Absolutely. And none of them Especially looked like Christmas. the girl gremlin. <laughs> but yeah, so so Crystal is paired with Grace. Gigi is paired with Shay. Heidi has Nicole. Jada has Bethany. Jackie has Tiffany. And Sherry has Janet the Planet. Um, and obviously Sherry, uh, had her drag name picked out for her girl, um, unless she is a very good embroiderer overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Although it was, uh, very fitting. So yeah, they, overall, I think the, uh, the girls were definitely down for anything, like you said, and they had their breakthroughs. They had all their emotional points. Like it hit all of the points that a makeover challenge hits, uh, for sure. What did you guys think of the um, the makeovers themselves? I loved crystals so much. <laughs> and when I saw the the just screen cap or whatever somebody posted before I watched it, because I watched it like a couple days after it airs usually, uh, I, I was like, oh, God, this is going to go really bad or really well. And I was so relieved that they embraced it. And went with it, and the fact that the the woman who had her was you know was made over also embraced it because like they didn't show her reaction to it at all, which I think was to build the you know the what will happen you know element, but like loved it, and uh, I'm really thrilled that because again this is what I want I want queens with unique looks and unique takes, and to me Crystal above all else this season brought that and did these things that might not work in other seasons and might not work if they're not as well executed, but clearly they worked and uh, were brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I agree. I think crystal, like it was not what was expected in the slightest. And I don't think anyone has ever um, put out something that outrageous during a makeover challenge. And it worked beautifully. But can we talk about Sherry's real quick? Her makeup for her her was that was that Janet? Did she do Janet or yeah, no? that was Janet? Like yeah. unbelievable, so good. Like I was so blown away by their. I mean, did they? I forgot. Did they win? I should. No, no. no. Okay. But like the like close, like they were really solid. I was very impressed. I feel like they would have probably been in third. Um, I still think Crystal, because it was so out of the box, um, should have won. As the girls did in Untucked, they all thought that it was um, it was Crystal's 
because this this is where it started the whole um i haven't won anything yet like she and and jackie had gone through the whole like we haven't won anything we haven't won anything we haven't won anything and um everybody thought it was and i mean jada did a great job i'm not saying that she didn't but i i still think that this was like the this was the misdemeanor robbery if jans was like the full out like federal crime this was the 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 misdemeanor robbery of the season where i think crystal should have taken home this win right like jada is amazing in everything she does however this look to me is nothing unexpected honestly that was jada all season nothing was unexpected maybe the only thing that was unexpected would have been that stars and stripes outfit but it's everything is super polished i'm not saying that it's bad in any way shape or form it's just yeah 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 yeah. and Gigi, Gigi, they look great they just it was Thing special it was all. very safe but it looked good i mean again when gg is me, safe me, it's well executed just kind of boring to me that's something that look needed a reveal yeah they had they to take the off the coats and have something under it um and i understand it was smart in the way she picked that outfit because she she knew this was for the makeover challenge and she wanted to bring something that would fit just about any body shape so i, yeah. I get why that was the outfit but yeah it just needed something more had it had a belt had like Gigi had a white belt with like black spots and to be able to cinch it and give more shape and then for whoever it was been able to do a a black belt with uh white spots to like do the the alternate like color scheme and be able to do shape and do a little bit more i think it would have read better but yeah it just it was just it was safe it was so safe bb bad that was like Tara Misu and BB Bad were probably like the like how my big thing was like in season nine when Peppermint did uh Sarge's makeover I sat there in the video bar at Parliament House and I said to somebody I said if his name is not Wintergreen I am rioting and they're like what and I'm like Wintergreen I'm like that is it's it's a lifesaver mint flavor like it's perfect like it is and then she it, you know sarge came out as wintergreen and i was like okay cool and they looked at me and were like how did you i said i'm old Shut up. <laughs> like if you're of a certain age you know wintergreen like you know the like you know the lifesaver flavors and it was just it was perfect and that same thing with sherry pie and taramisu uh you know like and bb bad for gg good like those things were if they didn't take those those opportunities it would have been completely missed and it would have just been, yeah, it, it wouldn't have, it would not have worked. So um, we had Jada as the winner. We have Heidi and Jackie as the, um, the bottom two doing a lip sync to kill the lights by Alex Newell um, with DJ Cassidy and, and Niall Rogers. I did not realize this was Alex Newell that did the song. I've heard this song before, obviously working in a club, you've heard the song before. And I was just like, Oh shit, that's Alex Newell. Yeah. So I'm dancing over here. My house to the, to the lip sync. It's a fantastic song, but this lip sync, I, and now y'all can state your opinions. This, in my opinion, was not deserving in any way, shape or form of a double save. To me, I really enjoyed what Jackie's thought process was on how she performed the song, but 
to me, I won the slip sync. And I think the only reason that they did the double save was because it was uh, not Jackie's time to go yet. Yeah. Which, I mean, yes, it wasn't. And yes, I don't know that maybe they should have done a double save, but when they did a double save, I was very happy. I felt very, because they're both so good in general. And even though they're not perfect and they're not going through to the top, which at this point I think was fairly clear that Jackie may have been the one that there was a question. Um, but like, no, I, it was still, they both did serviceably well. And that's sometimes the show. If they, they, for whatever reason, they go, all right, we need to do this because it's about that time or we got to pat it out or they're not ready to go home. Like, you know, it's, it, the double save is almost never because both lip syncs are that good. Uh, I, I don't think that's the intent. I think it's the capstone, but it's not. Cause she even says, she's like, the, the, the reason I'm sending you home or however it's phrased isn't just the lip sync. It's the lip sync and the rest, you know, it's the, so let's look at, and this, this is my thing, it, because after they're both saved, they do the whole thing where they send them to um, uh, the untucked lounge because there's no like actual elimination footage to to shoot. And it's been done this way a couple of times, uh, most recently with Brooklyn and Evie last season. But they talk about, Jackie talks about, and I think it might've been in Talking Heads in the, the following episode as well, which talks about how like double saves only happen because they are, like legendary lip syncs. And let's look at some of those double saves. You've got the first one in season five when it's Alyssa and Roxy to um, whip my hair. If you can't tell me that that is a legendary lip sync, then you're lying. That That is an amazing lip sync. And that is one where I think the only thing that saved Roxy was the lip sync. Yes. I, I think and, she and- would have gone home otherwise. And her possibly fake story that she told about being left at a bus stop, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, whether or not that's true still remains to be seen. I think that's the bus stop where Alexis is, uh, Alexis Mateo's uh, military boyfriend is sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you also have uh, Alyssa and Tatiana both winning the lip sync in All Stars, which was a bit of a gimmick as well, but Again, a lip sync that you can't look at either one of them and say they did not turn that party. Yeah. And then you look, you look at um, season eleven, Brooklyn and Evie. If you can tell me that either one of them deserved to go home from that lip sync, I will fight you right now. <laughs> like legit, Brooklyn from the runway where she did the reveal. Um, when you have RuPaul, like gagging during your runway with a reveal and how you how you walk that runway you know you've done something right and then her her bouncing her pussy on the stage while checking her nails like and then evie fucking bending over backwards and lip syncing doing a, a complete like back arch like those were amazing lip syncs this one was good <laughs> like so I mean, they're for everybody I mean, it, it compares more to in season six, the first time Darian and Ben de la Creme lip sync. Oh, yes. That double save. Because that one was more so, oh, we can't let Ben go home yet. Very true. Because you can't Very tell true. me you can't tell me that first lip sync Darian didn't win. I mean Darian the, the won, second this the but... second one I think Ben won. Yeah. Darian no matter what anybody says about Darian Lake, 
that bitch can lip sync and can turn on lip sync. So while we were talking, I watched it, uh, the watch the lip sync again, because it's been a few weeks um, and the it feels like it's been a few months, but you know, um, it was really good. Both performances were really good, uh, were emotive. Like they left it all on the stage. And the thing that I think maybe also helped them sort of tie them together is they did like this, like they came together at the end and did this like performance in conjunction with each other. And like, it really works well as one piece. And so I think that plus the producers needing no other reason other than, Hey, we got to keep them around. That's why they did the double save. I mean, again, it's like, it, it, it always helps to have an edit and performances to back up a double save, but they don't have to, and they don't, that's not the reason for it happening. Is well, it, if you know? the first line is going a certain way and how they're, they're, they're storyboarding this because I mean, my, my biggest thing with it is that they're storyboarding a certain pattern and when you can't justify it, they don't do it. And they know that they have a certain amount of time to do this. And it could have been in the cards from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like they could have said, okay, well we have this many episodes. This is how this is going, blah, 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 whatever. Um, But at the same time, it's, you know, I, I just, I'm not mad. I just know that, if it really were to be judged, Heidi would have won that chat, that lip sync, and it wasn't Jackie's time to go home yet. Because even afterwards, um, that was one of the first episodes I think I watched with somebody. I watched it a second time with them because they hadn't seen it. And I said, we were talking about it, and he was like, oh, whatever. And I said, I guarantee you. I said, those are your next two to go home. I said, but it, I said, Heidi will be next, and Jackie will be after. And that's without like any, without any spoilers or anything. Um, Cause I was only kind of going week by week with my spoilers. And I said, as I said to him, I said, flat out, I said, Heidi's next. And then Jackie. And then we go to the next episode, which is the one queen show, which I thought was a super fantastic challenge to bring into this competition because with so many Queens uh, venturing out and not just doing these work, the world tours or these other like ensemble tours, so many of them are crafting one woman shows and selling a massive amount of tickets. This I think was probably one of the best things that they could have incorporated to help prepare these Queens into thinking about what their future is going to look like. So we, this is the one where we have Whoopi Goldberg as a judge, another appearance by Dahlia Sin. Uh, This is the puppet mini challenge. What'd you guys think about the puppet mini challenge? Are you glad to have it back? I'm happy nah. to have it back, but I did not <laughs> think this was one of the better puppet challenges. No, not at all. Kind of just, it's fine. It's cute. It's a great idea, but it's not always going to be, um, what's your name? Um, Alaska's, uh, isn't that where the, That's not, not bitch even pudding. where bitch pudding came from. Is it? I thought <laughs> it did. No. Not bitch pudding, little pound cake. Little pound oh, cake, it, sorry. Pound cake. <laughs> that was a whole different that's challenge. That's not even the challenge it came from. Yeah. They uh, no, they were paired up in teams and given a mannequin, and they had them turn them into beauty uh, little uh, little girl beauty queens. But Pound Cake came back later as a puppet. No, as Alaska. Alaska did the two in one challenge. She came out in the in the black bag and then dropped it, and was a little Pound Cake. Hmm. Well, I am conflating all of this into my horrible memory, so that's good. She is a straight up motherfucking dick pig. Um, 
No, yeah. The 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 big the best ones I think have been uh where you've got some of your wittier and more uh sharp tongued queens. Um when you had Bianca Del Rio doing Adore, which she had Adore's puppet, or I think Ben de la Creme had Bianca's puppet. That was probably one of the best um puppet reads in quite some time. But it got taken away a couple of years ago and they replaced it with uh the slap challenge where RuPaul then eventually slapped Asia O'Hara. <laughs> which is a great challenge and that was really great so i mean i i i miss that however uh you know maybe i'm sure it'll come back rupaul took uh, revenge on uh asia took revenge on rupaul by massacring a, a dozen or so butterflies on her stage <laughs> moment of silence for those butterflies even though they reused footage of live butterflies walking on the stage so nobody thought that the butterflies died even though Cameron Michael stepped on them all. Anyway. Uh, which, that was the year where it, you knew that they uh, they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to because Aquaria obviously lost her first lip sync challenge. But RuPaul still called it a tie because Aquaria was supposed to win that season. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> after, after the puppet challenge, uh, they talk about the fact that they're going to be given five minutes to craft a one woman show. They get some time with Rue and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, obviously this all happened fairly quickly because most of the girls don't really have much constructed in earlier seasons. When they've been given time with coaches, there's much more put together and they're able to kind of walk through what they're doing this time around. It was very conceptual. There weren't a lot of like, there wasn't material written, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like they yeah, they were able to... pretty early on the first day. Yeah, absolutely. So what do y'all think? Uh, so let's see. Jackie did uh, ends up after everything, after all of the uh, the chat with um, Whoopi and Rue, decides to do Between Two Parents, kind of a Between Two Ferns-esque uh, style thought process. Uh, Crystal does Phenomenal Phil, the exotic dance instructor. Heidi uh, does cook out with your cheeks out. Gigi does welcome aboard Brimstone Airways. Sherry does bubbles and sherry. And Jada puts the P in pageant. What did you guys think of the shows? All 17 minutes of some of them. Oh, <laughs> the longest five minutes of my life. <laughs> that was actually Bubbles' superpower. <laughs> Not telepathy. Oh. I don't um, think they were again like these are hard but like i don't i i love crystal like i've mentioned right a big big fan of crystal right um i the drag queen the drag queen thank you i uh <laughs> i didn't think hers was that amazing but i think the ridiculousness is what carried it um i also really like Gigi's, but i i understand from what they showed that didn't always work but I did really like the idea and, and what they showed was pretty funny. I think, again, this is where you can edit things. I'm not saying it didn't, like I said, I think it didn't always work and that's what they were trying to show there, but the edit necessarily didn't track with me. Like I thought what they showed was funny. Um, and then, you know, what's her name? Sherry's was funny, even if it was like insanely long. I think it's a very classic drag drag routine. Like, you know, a lot of Queens have done over the years, but I mean, it was it was good. Um, Jada's and Heidi's. Uh, 
uh, both did not <laughs> work. And and Jackie's was just fantastically earnest and and funny, you know. Yeah, I would pay to see um, Jackie Cox do that as a full as a full fledged show. I think she would find a way to incorporate fun and um, laughter into like those serious points of it. And I mean, you saw um, the comedy, the earnest Frank comedy come through in what we saw in that five minute performance for sure. Eric, what was your takeaways? Pretty much Miriam, what Brian said, it was just unfortunate for Heidi and Jada. Could not tell their stories as well. Um, I don't even know what kind of story Heidi was telling. I think she just wanted to do these characters and somehow potato salad. And that was that was about it. Like, um, did you get like the Medea vibe? Like the Tyler Perry kind of, I'm going to show you all these different characters or like Eddie Murphy from the, like, just like, that's the thing they were going for. And it just, eh, it was not, it just didn't work. I, I think the problem comes down to Heidi and Jada, I'm sure are great storytellers when they're with their friends and they tell these stories and it's a laugh riot. And it's like, oh, so let me tell you about my family, you know, or let me tell you about this time that I pissed myself at the pageant, you know, whatever. Like, but when you try to craft it into a cohesive one woman show, you need to, you need to change the way that you look at it, the way that you story tell. And I don't think they were able to, to make it fit the challenge. Um, Jada's best part was where she was like, oh, y'all are not feeling this, huh? Like, <laughs> At that point, had she just turned around and be like, all right, bitch, let me just tell you this other story and had done that, I think it would have changed the entire way that that went for her. Um, and I think had Heidi really taken the advice that uh, Whoopi gave and had pulled out some of the characters and only maybe done two, it would have come across much better. Had she just yelled off, you know, off into the distance to the other people and not tried to be everybody in that short a time or had better props to be like these big glasses are from my grandpa and these, you know, the, this fake mustache is from my cousin, you know, whatever. Like I, I think it would have been a bit different because they are such personalities that I think that they could make these stories funny. It just didn't work in this context. Um, Crystal's was ridiculous and I think it worked well. Um, I did love the dances. I love the fact that that's that became a thing for her, and it kind of ran through like the runway and just the the the, the critiques and and further into a couple more episodes. Um, like I think that that worked well for her, but and I think Gigi's. I would love to have seen Gigi's like full out. I think they really pushed the edit to make it seem like she took longer to look at her notes than maybe what it was um, because everything that she was saying and the, the jokes that she made had the audience laughing, you know, even when she, when she cursed out Whoopi's uh, nephew, uh, whatever she called him, she called him George or whatnot. And she was like, fuck you, George. <laughs> and, and that was, if you didn't watch Untucked, you didn't know, but that, that was Whoopi's nephew. That was in the audience that she that she utilized as part of. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's funny. That's good. Um, and and then the other the the funny part is uh, when you get to the runway. So the runway is the color purple, and 
they all brought out some fantastic looks. Um, the crystals cow. It made me think of. Um, I feel like like the purple crayon. Is there like a cow with the purple crayons? I know there's a boy with the purple crayon. It's like George in the purple crayon or Harold in the purple crayon. But the, it, it gives me such like younger like kids storybook look. Um, Gigi doing Daphne without saying Daphne. Heidi looking stunning in her purple gown, reminiscent of um, Sugarcane, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jackie in that bizarre purple people eater inspired thing that was doing have a you never, Have you ever heard the song that then inspired a movie, I think? The, the one horn, one eyed. One eyed, one horn, five purple people eater. Part for the fifties, I think. Yeah, it's a great song, but it's still a trippy outfit. Um, I did. I I love the fact that none of them like un, like understood the LSD reference. Like they were sitting there calling it Molly the entire time. I'm like, even I have never done LSD, and I know that that's supposed to be LSD on the tongue. Like, I don't. Yes. I didn't understand it. Um, Jada with the macaroon on her head. She looks great. I just it just looked like a very flat macaroon on her head. <laughs> And then, um, and then the 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 biggest kicker of them all, Sherry's where Sherry's a cat. Who did a who did a show with a fish? Sherry's That's a cat. Fun. That's great. Oh man, <laughs> you can't write this shit. <laughs> this it did not age well. <laughs> so, uh, Jada and Jackie. Uh, no, sorry, not Jackie. Uh, Crystal ends up winning. Jada and Heidi end up uh, lip syncing for their life. And uh, as I had predicted before this episode had, had aired, Heidi was the next to go home, uh, which is very sad because Heidi was an extremely um, bright personality on the show. Absolutely. Like, I, I, I wasn't necessarily always the biggest fan right at the beginning, but she won me over. I would love to see her perform once everything is safe. And uh, her, her farewell message also had me, uh, she wrote on the, in lipstick, remember to stay soft and supple. I can't whistle. I wish I could do that too. And always in parentheses, insert stolen catchphrase here. Love Heidi dot, dot, dot something. So I love the fact that she's very aware of herself and her, her time on the show and, and everything that she went through and, and has taken all of that in. I, I very much appreciate her for that. So we get to the final uh, recorded episode of the season, Viva Drag Vegas. If you want to talk about self-referential and snake eating its own tail or, or self-serving, this is the episode to do it when it's basically <laughs> just a giant commercial for their Vegas show that is but currently not running i know that's the thing it is ironic to say the least that the one of the most salt i mean this show does this all the time with rupaul stuff and whatever so it's not new but like as much as it was the show that made it about a month before it closed like it was probably about two months it went a little longer but did it go into march i guess yeah mid-march um i actually went to the store at the casino that's hosting it, Flamingos, and went up to see like if tickets were even a possibility. And I think they actually were when I was there. But the uh, the store was pretty cool. Like uh, hopefully it's still there once this all opens back up. Uh, and it's not huge, but they had some really cool stuff. But uh, 
I don't know if that number that they did is part of the show or not. I never it is. did the. It, it is. is okay. It is. I mean that makes sense, but I think the first two songs were part of it. I don't know if uh, "Winning Is the New Losing" is part of the show, or it might have all been because it's basically just a giant commercial for the show. <laughs> this episode marked the return of the video message because they had to talk about the show, and then the mini challenge. You have the girls having to become showgirls. They're given the Mad Lib script where it's like, my name is blank. I'm known for blank. And RuPaul reads them. And again, this is another one where Sherry gets about six seconds of airtime. So like, I put googly eyes on my tights. These are not my tights. Walk away. Uh <laughs> Uh, but they, they, it's a lot of callbacks from the season, a lot of uh, bits and pieces that the the girls uh, have talked about or have had go on. I thought it was cute. Any uh, any issues with the, the mini challenge in this one? No, just kind of a, it's a mini challenge. <laughs> well, Gigi Good walks away with the, uh, the mini challenge win. She gets a trip for two to Vegas, including airfare, accommodation, and tickets to see RuPaul's Drag Race Live that she can't use just yet. <laughs> oh. So uh, the maxi challenge is that they have to record and perform a medley of songs from RuPaul's Drag Race Live in Las Vegas. And the runway theme is Eleganza Extravaganza. So they go through and they show them recording um, their rap parts because they've got to write and record raps as well as record because they did sing the vocals for all the songs. As far as I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that at first. And then eventually I'm like, oh, that's them. That's cool. And I, um, I kind of wonder if they did some um, if they did some lines for like their mirror conversation because some of the stuff felt very poignant and, and directed at like their life experiences. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were if they were charged with writing some of the lines for that plus the rap. That wasn't really kind of made explicit in the show, but I know they definitely wrote their own raps. Um, but what did y'all think of the? extravaganza extraordinaire that was drag race live on the stage Eh, i don't know like it's fine it was just okay and awkward at times like i don't know losing is the new winning it is an earworm which is a problem because i still now hear it in my head but i don't love the song at all it's just just catchy but i don't know Um, to me losing is the new winning was my least favorite of the three yeah the first song Honestly, I didn't pay as much attention to because I was confused at first when who was the first one to come out? Was it Crystal? I think I thought Sherry was at the front of the because they kind of came out in a in a an arrow like a triangle shape. Maybe she was. So I was like, why is somebody reusing their entrance look? And then and then I was Maybe like, they all work. All of their entrance looks. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, it. I get the fact that like it was you know like look we made it like so but yeah it was kind of weird to to have them back in their entrance outfits yeah but i i thought the mirror song was good i liked the mirror song i don't mind having a ballad yeah I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good ballad so i'm i'm there with you i the only thing that i i think i can sing back after it is the uh Baby, we made it. I made it. Like that's the only thing like I can I can remember from the entire thing. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I don't necessarily know like that it 
I don't think I like this as much as some of the previous year's challenges where they've done. Um, I miss the music videos first and foremost, yeah. but I still don't mind like when they've redone the songs in the past when they've done, um, you know, category is or for as much as I, I joke and I don't like uh, Eureka's part of it. The uh, American season ten is still catchy, you know, and we have it as the 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 end song for the season. So, but overall, their runway work, uh, runway looks were fantastic. I, I'm pretty impressed with their bringing it in the final episode. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent amazed at crystals. Just because it's so bizarre and for an eleganza extravaganza look, like it's not what I expect. But Crystal's also been the queen of unexpected. I think put together, it was done flawlessly. Uh, but my favorite thing that's been done with it is that they have taken it and put it into um, the genie box from yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so much of Crystal is derived from Pee Wee Herman uh, Playhouse specifically. And I love that. I'm there for that. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it also harkens back to Pickle Surprise because remember there's like that weird genie yeah. character in that. Like that type of drag or costuming or trippy whatever ca- counterculture. I don't even know what it is. Is awesome. And I'm so happy to see it. If anything, that also explains why Rue is so enamored with her and why it works so well for for them and for everyone else it's great it's just it's so neat and i'm so like thrilled and i want more of that that's why as much as i will get to the finale you know and spoiler crystal didn't win but like you know she shouldn't she wouldn't have but she could have and it would have been amazing uh yeah i think i I love everything about the look it's just something in the hips area yeah the hips are like it's like it's it's weird how it it shortens her torso so much, and just that is just where my eye goes so much. I, I see that feels weird. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, so for the first time in uh, since they've had like this kind of final episode, we have a winner for the final challenge. Gigi is proclaimed the winner and takes her win total to four. Uh, for this, all of yes, because. She made looking like a uh, a dorky '80s uh, girl who's going to the prom with stag look fashionable and like you wanted to do it. So yeah. I I applaud that. Like honestly, I even liked her her um, losing as the new winning the the red like the chaps and the heart like bodice piece. Like she she brought it in this challenge completely. Like I I'm not mad at her winning this at all. Like, I think she she did fantastic. Um, Jada looked gorgeous. Uh, her mirror song look with the the nighty and the hair like she could do a whole music video looking like that, and it would be I'd be down. I could see her redoing some like old Janet Jackson like that's the way love goes. Like some of those like slow sexy songs, and she could bring walk, walk out on stage like that and do that's the way love goes. I'd tip her. I'd be like, yep, this this is perfect. I, I mean, honestly, this top five was fantastic. Yes, Sherry Pie's done horrific things and is a sociopath, but they all played this game very well at the the filming of the show, and and they deserve to be where they were. And um, and it was sad to see Jackie have to go, 
um because so Gigi is the winner is declared safe and in the finale uh jada and sherry are then announced safe and in the finale so we have crystal versus jackie for the final spot sadly we say goodbye to jackie cox and crystal method rounds out the top four and then we have one of the oddest yet best uh uh edits of the show ever and it's like my top four tweeted rupaul's drag race your favorite are you hashtag team crystal hashtag team Gigi, or hashtag team jada oh, oh okay cool <laughs> and and that ends the shows that were filmed before uh in 2019 and we now zoom into the reunion uh in a zoom like fashion if zoom actually looked and operated like this i'd be so much more uh impressed with zoom <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely not a Zoom, uh, but yeah, the the grid is the Zoom uh, comparison, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a cute episode. I thought it was a really, they took something that was very difficult to, to have to deal with, especially when you are selling to advertisers and you have all this time and you have to do these things in a, uh, in a public health crisis like coronavirus and COVID-19 they really did well with this. They turned it into a slumber party and um, RuPaul wore his best latex face mask to the, to the slumber party. And I thought it was a cute way to do it. I, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that RuPaul can't even do boy makeup. <laughs> well, right. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up because this has been something I've talked a lot about with people. And is it like accepted at this point that that's the reason like they couldn't get Raven to fly out there? I don't think well I Raven mean, lives in LA. Well, right. Because I mean Raven nowhere. He's not in Montana. He's not oh, he's fracking going on in the background. So so Rue is taping this from LA and uh, they couldn't get somebody to do her makeup. Well, first off, Rue doesn't get into drag for the reunion. I know. The only time Rue the only time Rue was in drag for the reunion was when it was um a live top three for seasons four, five, six, seven, and eight. Right. Once we went but, back to once once we went back to the lip sync for your, uh, the lip sync for the crown, they they pulled the reunion out of the episode and went back to it. And Rue has always been um, a man. But, but to what Eric said, her makeup could be boy makeup. And I am pretty sure, and it was evidenced partially in this. Listen to Rue speak. Rue can't speak well. There is something going on. I'm thinking it's a um, a last minute facial surgery. That requ- that wouldn't allow him to have makeup on any type of makeup, and this was the the um, the way about it. At first, I thought this was oh well, it's a slumber party. Maybe it's supposed to be like a rejuvenating mask. He's a bald headed man. Like I could see it being like she looked like Apocalypse. I've seen that picture also from X <laughs> She she could have just uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire in put her head in a cake. I mean, that would have been better than this face kitty situation going well the problem is that if if it's like detox um with the the red you wrote you for uh dragcon she had she wasn't able to put any type of makeup which means that she probably wasn't able to have any type of um anything that would have seeped into her pores or been um something that would have been would have gone into a wound and then so i thought it was just for this episode so i was like well whatever like and then we'll get to the the finale in a second and he had on his best you know black tie face skinny uh latex face skinny and but you can see there is something going on around his eyes 
So I think there was some sort of procedure that was done. So the only thing I can think of is that it was something that wasn't just um, he wanted to do it for cosmetic reasons, that there was something that had happened. But if you listen, his jaw doesn't move right. And it's very like dish at the beginning. Like he's very not, he doesn't enunciate the way he normally does. And at first I thought it was just because of the face Keeney, like was maybe pushing it, like keeping his jaw a little bit tighter. But I, I think that there was something wrong that needed to have that. And he wasn't able to, because I mean, I'm sure that bitch could have thrown on some concealer. I mean, we've seen him do his makeup before. May not be great. Well, I was wondering if it's for consistency of the way she has looked throughout the season. They didn't want to have her do her own makeup and then look inconsistent with, you know, like, I wonder if that was the, uh, the, the reason. But the mask could also be what's causing her not to be able to talk normally. Also, why would she, unless it was, like you said, last minute, why would she schedule facial surgery when this was coming up? No, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. Absolutely. You know? I thought about it. I was like, there is no way that somebody was like, oh, this date will be perfect. Hey, Rue, aren't you supposed to be filming the finale? Eh, who cares? <laughs> you know, it, it has to, there has to be some explanation. What I don't get and I don't, uh, I don't condone or appreciate in any way, shape, or form are people going on to, um, going into any comments and being like, she owes us to be in drag. Bitch doesn't owe you anything. You know what I mean? Like, this is her show where people are like, oh, well, if one of the contestants did this, they'd be red. She's not a contestant. She's the fucking host and creator of the show. Right. Like, I get that it looked ridiculous. Well, especially in the finale with the eye. (laughs) I guess, if anything, she just steered into the swerve, swerve, you know, steered into the swerve or whatever um, to make it even weirder. But just, I don't know. The sad part is that these things are probably filmed like, back-to-back days so yeah. it's not even like it was a reaction to how like the the fan reaction to her wearing the face kini like this was just how weird she wanted to be about it and i guess if you're gonna do it like the the hoodie and the mask was slumber party-esque and then doing like the weird eyeball filter background thing like i guess was just how she wanted to finale it up i don't know but I thought it was super cute. I loved that they made it a, a slumber party. I loved that, um, for the most part, they really kind of got... I loved Jan's fucking look. I will just say this. Because if you want to talk about a queen that's going to fucking milk shit for what it's worth, if you didn't realize, Jan's slumberwear look is a slumbered-up Michelle Visage runway look that she did. Yeah, it's got the, the, hat the, the hat it's she got the curlers her robe is her fucking face from the crack of the century when she was called safe like so it's the fact that she has taken all of this and made it into something that's so fucking amazing i give credit to that bitch so much for for really just making it hysterically fun to look at and laugh along with like and then she's gonna make some dollars off of it i'm mad at it Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, <laughs> like that was a bold choice, but that's what I want from Crystal. I want her to make ridiculously bold choices, and I will applaud her for having the fortitude to hold that damn candle, even if she switched hands at one point. Have you been holding up this whole time? <laughs> the whole time. I love the fact that when her light kept going out, they were all just like, light the candle. 
<laughs> and she did, and it was adorable. Like, um, honestly, I love, I loved Jan's look. I love the fact that Crystal went out of her way to be weird and fun. Um, I love that Gigi kind of did the uh, the grown up evolution of her final runway look where it's that same theme but her braces have been taken off and she's you know she's at her first sleepover where she feels pretty and then honestly i will say this i fucking adored um jada's reunion look where it was very courtney act where courtney came out with the 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 sleeping mask and everything and then she opened it up and she was just wearing you know like her little brawn panties because she was asleep she doesn't get out of bed for anything more than ten thousand dollars and that I thought it was a cute look and then with the little Z's and everything like I just I thought it was adorable. They really did um make lemonade out of lemons cuz this was this could have gone so horribly bad and I think they pulled this off very well. Yeah, it was it was well done. I liked Aiden having a multitude of pussycat wigs behind her. And not wearing a single one of them, but wearing uh, wearing some big old hair. Or is she wearing all of them? <laughs> she really has fifty. There's only ten behind her. The other forty are on her head, making that. <laughs> Did you like the little awkward sort of? I mean, at first it felt like there was some weird beef with Rockham and the apple or whatever, and then it was obvious that they were just doing it as a a chance to be. I don't know. It was like weird. It felt a little ham handed. Like it, it was like. I know that it's fake, that, and it's obvious kinda, that it's fake, that, but... That was kind of just the way they ended it, where, like, everybody just fought until they got off screen. I know, but it just felt a little, like, just awkward. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because they played it up. They tried to do that misdirect where they, they played that little clip um, earlier as, like, uh, uh, coming up uh, when they were going to commercial, and they brought it up, so it made it seem like... To make it seem like, oh, this is still so, you know, why are you still bringing that up? And then blah, blah, whatever. And then it did seem like there was some weird like still thing about it and then when it kind of broke down into everybody just yammering and then walking off screen i was like oh okay like i get that this was supposed to be a joke that was probably like the the least well used skit of the entire thing yeah it was awkward yeah but i i applaud them for uh for all looking very lovely from their homes um a, a tip of the hat to uh, the person that brought Britta her uh, makeup kit because she she sheltered in place with her with her parents in Maine, I think it was. Yeah, she left all of her stuff in um, in New York, so she had to have all of her stuff brought to her last minute, which you know worked out well for her. She looked fantastic and got a little redemption, I feel. And if you're out there still listening to this, then please um, let any animosity go because it's not needed, nor is it called for. Uh, so last thing I think we should mention from this is, um, so that brings us to the grand finale, the crowning of a new drag superstar, the crowning of a new Miss Congeniality. This was interesting and weird. Like, I felt like it shouldn't have lasted an hour and a half in this format. It definitely felt a lot longer, more drawn out than it normally does on television. And I think part of it's because in some instances, um, when they're the the top three are having their family videos, you want to be like, aren't they just upstairs? Can't they just tell you? Like, can't they just yell down these these thoughts of uh, love and acceptance? And then you remember that they don't all live with their parents, but <laughs> still. 
what did you guys think of the uh, the finale overall as far as the format of it? We'll get to the lip syncs in a second. Uh, I love I was... the looks. They're all good. I mean, the, the pinata was fantastic. Again, crystals being weird, and that's what I want. The the birds, like, I love the idea of it, and I think it's brilliant that she pulled it off because that's a lot to pull off in an apartment, even if you've got your roommate there or whatever. But the, uh, you know, it had its, it wasn't, it, like, at that point, you know, okay, this is probably not good. You're not going to win. But, um, but man, Gigi's aha uh, video, oh, blew my mind. Just spectacular. Yeah. We'll get more in depth in the in the lip syncs in a second, but just just the general, the general over, overall doing it like uh, as a, a zoomish format. Yeah, it is what it is. They shouldn't have cut in crowds from the, uh, the previous tapings. That was weird. Uh, when they jump cut part of it, <laughs> when they showed because uh, that that had to have been that was what I think. I think that I think I think one was a cut from. Asia releasing butterflies. Oh. I think I saw like a like, um, one of them was with Vanjie in the crowd. I think that was the season ten finale, which would have been the butterfly one because that's where yeah. where they were all like where they're leaning into the the aisleway. Yeah, because I think it was Monique, uh, Monique Hart, and Vanjie. I think that yeah. was probably the what do you call it the the commentating like that that the jokes and all that with the zoom it's like whatever that that you expect that oh the jump to the reunion obviously where they did the miscongeniality was kind of weird i was like wait a minute that's that's uh, oh uh, whatever i mean it's but weird I love but the, i love the dolly parton cameo yes that was fantastic and then what was the joke she, that it was actually somebody still... leslie jordan in a wig yeah, yeah. that was so she nice. hasn't been a guest judge yet has she no she should uh i think this is the second time she's done a video appearance for the show though i think she did a uh i want to say like one of the videos that they played in the workroom for the girls she was in one and then this time around um although i will say this to you younger homosexuals out there how the fuck do you not know who dolly parton is because there was somebody on a comment thread who is a quote-unquote writer for a magazine who likes to put out these lists of bears you should know, um, a.k.a. Oh. the bears you should sleep with. And he um, commented and said, oh, that, that scene with Nina and somebody else was funny. Nina and somebody else? One thing that I wanted to point out, did you, did you all notice the, um, the two major things in the Dolly Parton portion of the video? The rainbows on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yep. And did y'all notice the color of her robe? It was pink, blue, and white. Oh, I missed that completely. Yep. Her robe is pink, blue, and white. And I was oh. like, she's got the, the rainbow flag. She's wearing trans flag colors. I was like, okay. We see you, Dolly Parton. We that's see you. Really, it's really nice. I mean, she's always been an ally, but like, that's that's some nice messaging there. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times, um, especially from an older generation, the artists aren't always as vocal, even though you know that they're allies um, because it's been, you know, it was such a thing of, you know, oh, you ruin your career or you shouldn't be talking politics or blah, 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 whatever. And um, so to see more and more, more and more artists that are really standing up and taking uh, a, a chance to be a part of showing their support, like visibly showing their support. It's, it's great to see. So I, I thought that was awesome. And uh We'll, we'll spoil this 
alert, uh, you know, three hours into this conversation. But Heidi and Closet was voted by her fellow queens as Miss Congeniality. So congratulations to Miss N. Closet. I wish her acceptance speech was just, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. This is about Heidi. <laughs> Didn't she do something along those lines at some point? I, I could swear that there was there was some fuck you, fuck you, fuck you involved. I think Jan did it. I think oh, I think I, I think that I think it was at the very end when they were all fighting. I think Jan did it. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yes, because Jan does an amazing Heidi and Closet impression. She's done it on her Instagram a bunch of times, and it's phenomenal. Um, Eric, what did you think about the 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 format overall? I think for the situation they were in, they did a great job with it. Uh, I think it was pretty fair to all three queens. The format of the finale, um, I think. The one-on-ones was kind of reminiscent of how they do on the finale, uh, apart from RuPaul being a giant eyeball. Uh, I guess the family would have normally been at the finale to like do a little talk. I, I kept getting distracted because they couldn't figure out how they wanted to frame the shot because it'd be like um, Crystal and the video. And then it'd be RuPaul in the video. And then it would just be the video. And then it's like they couldn't figure out how to get the like everything on the screen at the same time. Yeah. And it was like it was like that weird Zoom thing where if like somebody makes a noise and then the video cuts to them, like pops up on the screen of them because they were the loudest thing at the moment. Like it was it was weird in that respect for me. Yeah, the only thing that kind of threw me off, and I'm like, Crystal's parents are great. It's just that it was a very scripted video that they did. Uh, yes. But it wasn't uh, was it Crystal's dad that had Parkinson's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That because at first I was like, oh wow, he really doesn't want to be. And then I was like, oh shit. I felt so bad for like kind of commenting about that, and then I'm like, oh, he has Parkinson's. But then her, but then her abuela. Oh my god, yeah. I want to hug her abuela so much. Because <laughs> I mean, honestly, she reminded me of my own grandmother. <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> But no, I, I, yeah, I, I think overall it, it was, they did a good job with what they had for sure. And I really appreciated how long of a portion they gave to um, the producer that had passed away. Yes. And how much everyone just talked about how big of a presence she was behind the scenes to help build the show. I found myself tearing up and like, and I don't know this person, but hearing people speak so highly and so strongly about um, this woman, Jacqueline, that's been a part of the show for like the entire um, 12 years that it's been around that like you get to you, that energy and that emotion comes across so much that I I legit was like wiping away tears just because it was so powerful and so strong. And it was such a nice way to, uh, to really, commemorate somebody that that was such a big part of it and considering like last year we had the in memoriam to michelle's titties like it was definitely a a, a much different um spin on the whole thing hey that was a big loss too or two big losses rather <laughs> michelle marie condoed her titties she folded them up three times thanked them and put them away uh, <laughs> so uh so let's chat about the the lip syncs they did this uh when rue during the reunion announced that there was going to be five lip syncs i don't think anybody quite knew what to expect because 
you have three girls, five lip syncs. How, how is this going to happen? So the way it breaks down is they had all three uh, do a close-up lip sync where they were going to be judged on their actual lip syncing ability, their ability to convey the emotion of the song or the, the intensity of the song just in their face. Second was going to be uh, all three of the girls got to do their own song that they picked. And I'm sure it was off of a list of things that were cheap enough to get the licensing for. And uh, they could craft and create and do whatever they wanted and put together a performance. Then the top two would then go on to lip sync for the chance at the crown. So let's chat about the up close, which was to Rue's new song, Bring Back My Girls. Bring them back, bring them back. Bring back my girls. Where they at? I'm sorry. I actually do kind of enjoy this song, and it kind of makes me mad. I liked the chorus, uh, the verses. I was like, eh. but I mean, really, you're about for her songs. You're supposed to be about the chorus, anyways. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought, I thought Gigi and Jada did really well with it. I think in this instance, Crystal's makeup was a deterrent because it was really distracting for me. Because I wanted to follow her eyes and what her <laughs> eyes was doing, but there was so much makeup around her eyes yeah. that at times it was hard to follow because her actual lips were whatever. But to me, that was just distracting. So who would you who would you have proclaimed the winner of round one? Probably, I don't know. I think Jada probably edged it. Brian, what did you think of the close-up lip sync? It was not my favorite thing ever i i get it and it's a great innovation in the current situation but i don't think that ever needs to be a thing again um as long as coronavirus is gone by next year yeah well right exactly or all oh, no all stars they pre film right yeah. um but yeah i think jada probably jada or gd gg was sort of like a toss up there but yeah the the makeup as much as i love crystal and her weird that makeup uh, that look she had for her interview and all that was just like, no, she should have just done the pinata. Well, was... I would have loved that. I love the pinata so much. I thought that Gigi had this one. She, she I, I saw, um, I don't know if it was on Twitter or whatnot, but as in regards to the pinata that uh, Crystal said, she's such a party. She's even the pinata. <laughs> like, That's how she came up. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Gigi definitely emoted a lot through her eyes, and it was all. I thought, and I, I appreciated the fact that she didn't do um, all the parts, where she kept to like the um, the main vocal of the song. So when it was like, um, you know, bring back my girls, where they at? She like she didn't do those parts because that's supposed to kind of be somebody else talking. And then Rutland back to, you know, bring back my girls. Like, I appreciated that. I loved the eye flutter because when you are in just that tight quarters um, and I know it's tough, but I, I didn't feel like Jada's camera was clear enough. Like, I felt like it was a lower quality video and her the angle she was sitting at was a weird angle to look almost up at her. And I, I, so for me, I, I thought Gigi had taken, had, had this one in the bag for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, hopefully this is not something that we have to do as uh, the National Miss Comedy Queen uh, pageant said, hopefully the first and only Miss Quarantine Comedy Queen was uh, crowned uh, this past week. So let's hope for everybody's sake that 
come this time next year, we're able to have filmed a season this summer and uh, later this summer, and then we'll have a, a regular real live finale next year. So after that, we went to the individual lip syncs where Crystal Method did Like a Bird by Nelly Furtado. Gigi did uh, Take On Me by AHA. And Jada did Get Up by Ciara. Although I'm really sad that she didn't do Level Up by Ciara because then it would have taken me right back to uh, Parliament House meet and greets. Five, four, three, two, one. Level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. Okay. Anybody that went to Parliament House meet and greets would appreciate that joke. So we just remember pomp and circumstance. Yeah, that's all I remember. <laughs> pomp and circumstances got got a little boring at times. So after Sierra released Level Up, because it has the whole five, four, three, two, one. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That I was I was always appreciative of when that played because then it wasn't pomp and circumstances blowing out my eardrums. <laughs> but anywho. Um, so Brian, you were chatting about it before, so let's, uh, let's talk about Like a Bird, Take On Me and Get Up. What were your thoughts? More I mean, Like a Bird has, like, the, the germ of the idea is fantastic, and the execution was impressive, but not successful. I mean, I wanted to love it, and it, it was weird, and it was, like I said, Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse-esque, but I don't, even as much as I love it, it shouldn't win in that form. Uh, but Gigi's aha video like blew me away technically the looks the the style like the adherence to that same style but again given the limitations like that was just as technically impressive as uh and well executed as uh and better executed than uh, crystals jada's was fine i didn't hate it like it was good jada is a good queen and the thing i always have to remind myself is that even if that pageant style doesn't work for me as a drag style or as a whatever, it's very impressive. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot from Chantel and, you know, the few other pageant queens that I've met and talked to. And like, it is very impressive to pull off something that, that looks so well executed and she's a great performer. So I get why, you know, obviously it was good, but I just, it didn't work for me. It's not my style. No, I, I agree. I, I thought it was a good performance if she was sending it in as like a, a an audition tape performance, um, Gigi like flat out, it was so well thought out. It was so well constructed. Um, and that's where it's a little tougher because some, not everybody has one, the resources to the creativity or, and three, the ability to bring some of those things to life. Um, I thought like a bird was just ridiculous. <laughs> It was something I I thought I would see on uh, more of like an adult comedy show. Um, I'm not taken away from the artistry. I just was like, okay, this winning RuPaul's Drag Race. Right, it's not. It doesn't work for the show. But oh my God, it's great. And I'm so happy that she did it. And I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that she has a platform to be able to put those things together. And I mean, no matter what, honestly, even if it was the best thing that I ever saw i still didn't think she was going to win and i still think that um crystal will make a a fantastic all-stars contestant um where she's had even more time to elevate and and perfect her art um but yeah Gigi's Gigi's take on me video and honestly as soon as she had said something about like i i wasn't really paying attention when she was doing the interview with rue talking about it 
and she said something about black and white and like feel if anybody ever wanted to feel like a cartoon or whatnot i was like oh my god is she doing aha and i mind you this is shortly after we i did the the live stream and played the video of paul doing his cover of aha's take on me so it's been stuck in my head and i was like holy shit like this is just crazy um but it was it was amazing and honestly hands down it's i for me it was the winner of this round um so then that brings us to Rue having to decide who's going to move on, which was going to happen after the break, which didn't happen. Honestly, when you have a, when you have three Queens, like it would have honestly just felt bad if she had eliminated crystal at that point. I've been like, all right, the, you other two go for this. So for them to do the, the three of them doing the lip sync was I think uh, appropriate and proper. And I love the fact that, to my point where before, where I was saying that not everybody has the means and the ability to bring a, a vision to life, I like the fact that they went ahead and sent them all the same stuff to do the same yeah. setup. Although it looked like somebody had different color lighting. Um, <laughs> I don't think that had any impact on anything. But um, what was your thoughts, uh, Eric? What did you think about the final lip sync, which was to Survivor by Beyonce and those other two girls that used to sing? <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean Kelly, Kelly Rowland, Rowland. some respect. <laughs> Although it's great because when it got to the, the uh, when it got to the two lines Michelle sings, I was like, oh, here's Michelle's two lines. Because you know Beyonce got the <laughs> Beyonce got verse one and the bridge. Kelly got to come in and do um, the refrain, and then um, right before the final uh, chorus, there's that like two lines, and that was Michelle's time to shine. So it was like, but she did those two lines, and she motherfucking broke the dawn. (laughs) Come on, season one. Um, What was your take on? It was a fine choice of song for the finale. Um, I I loved uh, Crystal's outfit the most of the three. I thought Jada had the most effective reveal out of the two reveals. She took off a. I understand that Gigi changed her outfit and it was basically the color changed from black and white to color. But I just don't think it it wasn't as graphically effective. Like in that setting that she was in. It, it was understated. Pop. I mean, like the full reveal of the Wizard of Oz thing, like it's a cool concept, but I know what you mean. It visually doesn't like blow you away. It's not as uh if you don't catch the reference or if it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a little subtler. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. She went from and black and white to Technicolor and ripped off them, them shoes to reveal the ruby red slippers and had the yellow brick road up her ass. I know that was a nice addition. Like I love, <laughs> but see this. And, and I mean, this is partly why I really think she should have won. Her execution is amazing. Just like Jada's is amazing, but Jada is like just there's not a storyline a lot of times. It's kind of just a, it's a cool thing, but Gigi's smart and has a story and has all these little nuances and things. Oh, she should have won. My thing is that Jada took off a jacket. I mean, yes, she had that cape that she turned into a velociraptor with, but what did it do? It put a crown over her head, but that's it. (laughs) Like, honestly, people are like, oh, Jada's reveal was better. She took off a coat. That was like when Brooklyn had the coat that said reveal, 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 reveal. Then turned around and said, here comes the reveal. And then she took it off. We knew what was happening. You knew Jada was going to take that trench coat off. 
Like, I don't, I don't get it. She danced her ass off. So I'm not, yeah. I, I would not discredit that at all. She danced her ass off. But when you see, when it's in such a tiny space, it's really tough to appreciate that because it's like when I'm just sitting here in my chair and dancing versus seeing her, if she was doing that shit all over a stage in front of, you know, 5,000 people, I'd be like, work, bitch. It just, it didn't have that same feel. That's why I feel like Gigi's was more effective because you're in this tiny box. Like you have this limited space. So if you're going to have this, uh, and then when she fucking did the flip and her hair came back and she had, a, it was a different set. It was the different hair. Yeah. When she's done that. Well, I've seen a video of her doing that before, but the video before, I think her hair like completely changed color. Like it went from blonde to red or something like that. And it just happens in that instant. And like, you don't even see where the other wig goes. In, in this instance, you could tell, oh, she dropped the wig on the floor right in front of her. Gigi was fantastic. I'm not saying that she wasn't fantastic. I don't know. I, so, I give the final lip sync to Jada. All three of the, the top three were well-deserving. There was not a single person in that top three that if they had won, I was going to be upset about. I, I think Gigi outperformed Jada. In my personal opinion, I would have liked to have seen Gigi win, but I'm not upset in any way, shape, or form that Jada was uh, was crowned the winner. And if you haven't seen it, there was a video released today because of uh, quarantine and everything that's going on. Um, people in uh, in Gigi's hometown actually did a little like caravan and they were honking and cheering and she had a little tiara on and they were all just congratulating her on her win. It was, it was really cute to watch. And with all of like, with everything that's going on and all the videos and all of the hate and craziness that's going on, it was very heartwarming to see that. So go check it out if you haven't. Yeah, it's been a season, uh, and when this drops, All-Stars 5. <laughs> so we don't even get a week break. Next week is All-Stars, and we welcome, uh, is it 10, uh, 10 queens back into the workroom? Um, including and, the, and the assassins. The lip-sync assassins. I know, that's been a thing that uh, we've, known, we've known about for a year. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I mean, it, at the, 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 the RuPaul fan base has known, but I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I've got other avenues and whatnot, and I knew I knew the I knew the the first couple of the eliminations as they were happening too. So. I'm assuming that the assassins are former RuPaul Drag Race alumni. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I was like, wouldn't it be funny if so and so had to lip sync against Lady Bunny or some bullshit <laughs> like some random? I, no, I no, no. I think it's I think it's funny that one of the biggest lip sync assassins is actually a contestant on the season. Juju. Which one? Uh, Jujube probably would be considered one. Um, but you're gonna see people like Alyssa Edwards. You're gonna see people like Roxy Andrews. Um, if you if you think back to like some of the the most um popular, most amazing, or even queens that have uh, survived multiple uh bottom two placements because of their lip sync ability, you'll see them pop back up over the next uh it's like whatever six or seven episodes before they get towards the finale, and then I'm sure that'll all changes they get to that part of it but that'll be dropping uh june 5th i believe is the uh the date when this will be coming out and uh when the first episode of drag race all-stars season five premieres not on showtime so it will not be on wow presents plus unfortunately i have to find a way to watch vh1 now i might be i might be changing from uh hulu hulu with live tv to philo and i've used that 
and it's 20 yeah, bucks a month it, it's pretty easy and and vh1 is uh one of the channels that's how uh brian and i watched the finale in real time um he has signed up for a, a free trial so I, I might switch over to that, but yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be coming up, and uh, I'm sure at some point, maybe we'll do uh, more frequent ones. I'm I actually really like this cast, except for maybe Derek Barry. Um, but so this will be interesting, and with this new format, I think it'll be fun to uh, to chat about, and it'll have a little bit more interesting um, uh, stuff to talk about. Because what you have to kind of think and know at this point is that if it's not the top two lip syncing for who's going to eliminate somebody, there's going to be some sort of uh, change in the elimination process based off of the lip sync assassin versus the top of person of the week and how that's going to affect who gets to choose who goes home is based off of that lip sync. So I think it'll be a, a fun shakeup and, and well needed for all stars. So with that being said, thank you all for hanging out with us. We, uh, we basically did the entire season's worth of drag race recap in one sitting uh so hopefully we don't have to do this again we'll do more more episodes spread out so we're we're chatting more often and for less time uh but until next time dear listeners thanks for hanging out with us and we will see you next time peace bye Bye. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.